This show is brought to you by Tahoe Lab Snowboards. Abe and Lee at Tahoe Lab are two rad dudes building boards for riders using a bamboo core in two different constructions, traditional and phantom. The traditional uses two sheets of carbon fiber and two sheets of triaxial fiberglass to build a bomber board that can take years of abuse. The Phantom uses aerospace carbon fiber to build the lightest, most responsive board possible, helping to keep the weight low for those long days of touring in the backcountry. Finally, Tahoe Lab boards feature a DuraSurf base to keep you gliding effortlessly. Go to www.taholab.com and use the discount code DS15 at checkout for your 15% discount on all your board purchases. This episode is brought to you by Fernie Brewing, ferniebrewing.com, Vulcan Sportswear. Check out their line of heated base layers, gloves, and socks at vulcansportswear.com and use the discount code DS15 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Smartwool. Smartwool wants to get you outside and do what feels natural so you can go far and feel good. Visit smartwool.com and check out their line of merino wool, base layers, socks, and outerwear, and use the code DS10 at checkout. Hey, what's up? This is Leo from Weston, uh, Rio Leo 1, repping in the house. About to drop in on this line, just like uh, about to drop this uh, this freaking fresh Dark Starts podcast. Check it out. Kicking it with Chad and Darren talking about a bunch of stuff, including chocolate covered bacon, which apparently is a thing. Um, so cool. Hope to see you there. Peace for the podcast. And even when you when you start to factor in, like, okay, well, can we reinforce the tail? Not only are we making it stronger, but we are adding a little bit of weight in that tail. So well, every time you lift up, that 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 ski drops. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode forty-three of Dark Starts, your backcountry splitboarding podcast. This week, Chad and I had a chat with Leo Swoe of Weston Snowboard and Skis out of Colorado. It was super rad of Leo to join us in the middle of a little outdoor winter adventure with his friends and family. So crack your favorite cold one and listen in. Let's drop in with Leo Swoe of Weston. So Leo, tell me, where, where are you at today? Because it sounds like you're somewhere pretty cool out having some ah. a lot of fun. Yeah, just uh, up here in Summit County and uh, out snowmobiling with my wife and you know, some people that I was just uh, introducing snowmobiling to. So it's been a it's been a fun time. Nice. Yeah, sounds sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, anytime you're in the yeah. snow, it's lots of fun. Cool. Exactly. Nice. Snow was yeah yeah. We had like a really strong wind event, which kind of hit the refresh button for everything kind of like down in the trees, which was nice, but yeah. the, the, the Alpine is just toast right now. Oh yeah. So what kind of elevation are you at where you're at right now? Where I'm, well, I'm about 9,000. So like still just below the tree line and whatnot. So. Okay. All right. All right. Nice. Cool. Cool. So how fun Praying is, for uh, snow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So like we were talking a little bit offline, you got some newbies with you and you got them out sledding. So you're doing a lot of digging, I guess, eh? 
<laughs> They're helping get me unstuck. That's the that's my real ulterior motive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the drill sergeant. You guys want to learn how to sled? Dig my sled out. <laughs> yeah. Your job is to pack the shovel all day long and un- unstuck me. It's kind of like the karate kid wax on, wax off thing, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Dig me. <laughs> Paint the fence. No. That's right. Uh, Paint the fence. <laughs> but it's been good. I mean, on on a such sketchy year like this too, it's kind of nice to have that option, to, especially when there's not as much good stuff to go split board and go shred. You know, it's like okay, well, if it's gonna be some low angle pockets of flat pow, like let's just go snowmobile. <laughs> yeah, right. What what have the resorts been like around you guys? Oh man, it it's so. Most are on a reservation system of some sort. Uh, some of them do it whether by like parking lot reservations. Some of them just don't even have a big enough parking lot <laughs> to fill up the resort, so they don't have anything any issues. But um, yeah, by and large, they're just like and and it's been pretty busy. I, I I'd say it's like doesn't seem like anything out of the norm if anything there's just as many people as a as a typical year but you know and there's more and more people in the backcountry that's for sure yeah definitely i i know i've noticed that here i went out for a little tour a couple of weeks ago um in a in an area not too far from here and uh was really blown away actually when we pulled up there's a there's a small little parking lot it's still a backcountry area but there's uh a tiny little parking lot there we pulled in and there it was just choked choked with uh-huh. sledders pretty uh-huh. incredible i mean we were the only guys on split boards that's for sure just two of us just two of us lovely yeah. dudes hiking in there but uh you know we saw a lot of sledders on the track going in but uh in the zone that we were going to ride no sl- no sledders there they don't like to they don't like to snowmobile where we like to ride which is good yeah but uh pretty blown away by the number of trucks and sleds that were in there it was pretty incredible yeah yeah I, I guess I just love it all when 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 I just love when people are getting into the backcountry. I'm definitely not one of those people that are like, oh no, like people are crowded my zone and right. going to take my line. I'm like, awesome. More people are like enjoying this like beautiful space that mm, I've yeah. come to love over the last twenty years. Like, so, nice. and I, I yeah, it's just something that it just it it puts a smile on my face, especially when it's like when you're able to bring somebody out and they experience their like first like backcountry pow turn. They're like, Whoa, I've never experienced anything like this. You're like, yeah, it was okay, but I'm glad you're <laughs> yeah. glad. <laughs> well, it's, I'm more stoked that you're stoked. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get what you're talking about. I love the look on people's faces when you bring them to a zone like that. They've never seen before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first time it, I took my kids to a big resort, uh, like Jasper. Like I took my kids to Jasper and ride a real mountain for the first time and how how big their eyeballs were, you know, and their, mm. their chins were on the floor, right? Because they uh, uh-huh. they just couldn't believe the zone that they were in there riding, seeing these gigantic mountains, having grown up riding a riverbank and then just going to an, <laughs> an actual mountain and seeing that. It was amazing. Yeah. And to heck, even for myself, I just love new experience. I love topping out. I'm probably one of those people that are always going to just push for the extra little, extra little bit effort just to like, just to see, 
Uh, and there's something that's just amazing and grand for whenever you just are able to, even if it's just over the ridge and you get to see the backside of the mountain, never right. not necessarily topping out, but those things, I'm like, you know, when, it, when I'm in the backcountry, especially, and you actually have to like work for it. Now, sometimes I think about it on the lift and I'm ever, I, you, you get to the top and you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. And so, you know, some corporate photographers taking pictures for you, like at an amusement park and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, like this is kind of, you know, that's cool. I'll see it again in like 15 minutes. <laughs> but right. like when you spent like the majority of your day getting to that point and for the last like half hour, you've been staring at this, like this ridge and you're like, okay, the second I get there, the view is going to be awesome. Like it just seems like so much more worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. That's like yesterday, Chad and I were out riding in <laughs> in Powder King, um, doing some some riding with some locals out there and at the end of the day they, they invited us to come have a beer with them and uh and we were drinking uh a pretty generic brew, right? It's something that maybe I wouldn't normally drink. Um, but I was saying to Chad at the end of the day, I'm like, Man, that was the best tasting beer ever, man. <laughs> and it, was, it had nothing to do with what I was drinking. It was just all about how that beer came about, right? It was the end of the day of some great riding and being outdoors and just made it taste spectacular. Yeah. That was really good. That was, was that Scott that gave us those beers? Yeah, yeah. Scott. Yeah, some we, PBR. Yeah, we want to say thanks to uh, Lori, Corey, Dylan, Rory, Alicia, Bill and Scott and Larry and Larry, yes, Larry. Good crew, good yeah, crew. Lots of fun. Showed us some good stuff. Got some good slashes in. And their kids were killing it too. It was amazing. Fun crew, parents and kids, just all tearing it up through the trees in the backcountry. It was it was it was a, a good time. Nice, yeah. nice. And like I said, the best yeah. tasting beer ever. It was. It was like this is why did that just taste so good? <laughs> <laughs> that's right hard, hard day in the mountains that's why it's good so give us a little bit of a history of why leo started snowboarding you know being what? Be, like you're you know being yeah why did you start you know i you know i started skiing actually when i was my so my the, my mom won a she, it was one of those like call in like the 10th caller is going to get this like trip to this thing. And uh, for whatever reason, my mom called in and won it. And, you know, and I, I was, I very, I vaguely remember it. It, it was like, it's it, like included a bus ride, the rentals and like a lesson and all of it. And the only part that I really remember of that whole day was the very last run. I decided to like, just go for it on a blue run and just completely lost control and just wiped out like massively and thought that it was the funnest thing that I had ever done. And I was just like, this is awesome. And like, I've got to keep on doing this somehow. And my parents would, we would have like this, uh, just like every year we'd have like the one ski day that we would go. And I think I was about 10 when I started and I bought like my first snowboard at like some secondhand shop, it was like an old Sibs. It had like the ski latch type, like buckles. It even had like three latches and nice. uh, I mean, the board was like totally. And I just started just going and hiking on the local Hills and at my house and just, you know, really just tried in Sorrells and just totally, you know, not with the right equipment or anything. And, um, and just could be slowly became just like more and more infatuated with it. 
And by the time I was like 12, I was probably like just 100% committed to to snowboarding. And that was it. And I actually got into the backcountry out of sake of necessity because, you know, at the time, the season passes were insanely expensive. And they were like, for when I was, uh, I think I was like 13 or 14, my brother and I were looking into this. And it was almost like $1,200 for Keystone. It's just one resort. For one? For us. And we were like not even adults. Adults, it was like $1,800 or something like that. It was insane. (laughs) And so I was like, I I was like trying to do the math in my head of like how many lawns I had to mow. (laughs) It's like, yeah. I was like, that's not going to happen. I was like, and so we ended up getting like a season pass to like a smaller resort and whatnot. Um, But what we would do even before the season passes is we would go ride at at the passes at at like at Berthoud Pass at Loveland Pass these places that you just drop off the road and go ride down on the switchback and you know and it, because it was free um, obviously I had no no any you know any thought of like avalanche education or any of it, it was just like oh it's free like yeah. we'll go do it. And then we would go and clip uh, clip tickets from Keystone because they had night riding, <laughs> and we would just be like done with that, you know, and just right. grab their ticket, you know, toss them a joint or something like that, and just be like, <laughs> and we go night ride for the rest of the day. So that's that was my introduction in the backcountry, and as I became, I got into skateboarding probably about the same time, about twelve or thirteen years yep. old, yeah. and nice. just became a total total park rat. Right. And I would go to the backcountry to build jumps to go learn tricks because that's just you know you just if you could do it into you know three feet of powder versus you know yep fly it off of some ski ass lip into hard pack and that was really my my introduction into backcountry riding was like just through the freestyle and through by cost and you know one day i was just it was snowing so hard and I was like, dude, our jump is going to be like toast. I'm just like, oh, you know, like just, I was like, let's just keep walking. Let's just keep hiking up that way. And I'm just going to, we're just going to keep going. And we did. And and that was the first time I had ever experienced like bottomless mm. powder. Oh. And, and it, I just, I still remember it so vividly. It was like pretty wide out. We were at a floral park over at Berthoud Pass. And I just remember just, having just this like giddiness this like inner feeling of like of like like oh my gosh like this is so amazing like i'm like flying flying through the air you know it was and ever since i've just been like just hooked on pow no doubt did you have did you have back then because because you were a rat like you said and then finding the backcountry did you have any heroes like any um Role models who came from the Park Zone era went into the backcountry F- that you favorite, followed. Favorite video, movie, yeah, along Dec- those lines. Decade. Oh, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Decade was I, really good. I, I'm trying to think of. Do you know who, my favorite part is, and I'll huh. never forget it. So, you know the Foo Fighters. There's a part. Yeah. They play the song Everlong, and it's I think uh-huh. it's Dave Summers is the run and all I can think of, he does this huge, like huge in run to this massive jump, but it's just like a big wall of white. And he just, all I can see every time I hear that song is I just, it's in the decade movie. I just see him like ripping a big, big heel side carve down and just launching off this massive hit. And I'm just like, 
oh, every time I hear that song, it never ends. It's been since <laughs> decade. I just keep hearing it. And I'm just like, like ever, and then I'm just like, yeah, that's all I see is John. I think it's John Summers actually. Yeah, nice. Fuck, it's just it's ingrained. <laughs> Now every time that song comes on, you like think about that, right? That's all I do. I see that. I see <laughs> that power run, and then just boom, yeah. Now, now, you know, now you're all gonna have that. <laughs> there this, there, there's this guy. His his name is J. J. Thomas. Uh, I don't know if you heard of this. He he actually like won bronze in the half pipe the first year they had snowboarding out. So like he lived like right up the street from me and i actually remember like this is i was maybe like i just started skateboarding Mm -hmm. and he was a he was just the kid in the neighborhood that could actually skate their skateboard standing up down the hill of the street of my house and so in my mind this was the most badass kid that i like could ever fathom i was just like whoa did you just see that he like skateboarded down the hill like mm-hmm. and didn't whiff it like he didn't have to like bail into the grass or anything no speed wobble yeah. nothing just gave her yeah just just cruised it and i was just like wow i remember seeing that and and i slowly you know became friends with him found out that like his parents would just like let him ditch school and go ride and he would always <laughs> be like hey let's go snowboard i'd be like oh sorry i gotta like actually go to school and stuff right. and and then, and then, uh, and then like, I was, I remember I was like, he, so, and then obviously he won, uh, he won, um, the half pipe, you know, bronze in the half pipe. And I was like working in this restaurant at the time and they, at, and golden, they have this, uh, these lights on the mountain. That's like for the school of mines, they have this big M and they changed it to JJ, uh, because he had just won. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, who is the sucker, man? I was just like, <laughs> here I am. I actually like, you know, worked my ass off in school. I'm working right. at a, like a restaurant. Here's this dude that like did ass, smoked weed and just rode all the time. And he's got his name up on the lookout mountain <laughs> and they've got a parade going on for him. I was like, Ooh, I was like, yeah, right on JJ. I was like, that was the dude that skated down the mountain, down the hill for my house. It's like rock on. So if anything, like that dude was kind of my, 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 my childhood, like looked up to him, you know? That's sick. That was a great story. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about the hill thing, you know, cause that's where everybody else is either going down on their butt or laying down on their stomach. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the one guy standing up, just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I did my best to stay on my snowboard using launch ramps into the grass because I was scared to kill myself. <laughs> on my big, my big whale-looking snowboard or skateboard, Corey O'Brien, Santa Cruz. Oh, it's the next tattoo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Grim Reaper holding a ball of fire. I was already discussing where to put it. Maybe my ribs. My tattoo artist is like, "That's gonna fucking hurt." Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Close to the bone. But cool. <laughs> so skateboarding was the, well, skateboards already kind of mixed together. So that's where you got that park rat kind of feel and you got that going on. But at a young age, you got the taste pow. That's I'm I'm actually jealous because it took me a lot of years before I got that 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 bug. I just played on the ice in Ontario and snowboarded and just loved it. Yeah, not a lot of pow in Ontario. I, I, you know, where you, where you got to go and play with, a, you know, a jump – that you made off the resort, we were doing that in the golf course. 
So any like <laughs> you know in the in the in the bunkers, we just like you know you just bunker out, right? Just right out of the bunker and learn how to do how to how to do threes and how to do grabs and you land a flat, but we weren't going fast. So it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do you? Re- I remember those parks in the early days. They would practically just take like lift line dividers. And like just have these like just the sketchiest features and you know this is like bef- when they, before they even like had like actual like gaps like and the, they were like tabletops and stuff. Yeah, and, I love those. Oh you, man, because yeah. it forced you to not take them to not case it. You have to go. You have to fucking go fast, or else if you cased it, you're just you're bouncing. You'd bounce off that tabletop. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing this gap for a while. And it was I was going to college, and I, I decided to take most of my tuition money and uh, or my my money from like you know school money and i was just go riding every weekend and i went to this place up in the ottawa area and had this big gap it was about a 20 foot gap and i was all alone like stupid all alone no one was even there during the day it was gone everybody's back you know work and school and i didn't even buy a ticket i just hiked this gap and it was about a 20 foot gap and i was just busting threes all day long all day long <laughs> and there was some other guy showed up and whatever i was doing threes and then backside threes and then i just I'm like, yeah, my last run myself. I'm like, yeah, I'll go home now. And I spun and I didn't get all the way around. And I just like smoked my face, almost you know, knocked <laughs> myself out. I'm like, hey, I'm done for a while. I'm going to go home. <laughs> but yeah, that was like, yeah, big big gaps were great. Tabletops were always fun. And yeah. Yeah. You know what? A fun thing that we used to do a lot too was uh, we would go find like down trees and mm. like in the, and we would just session them and, oh, and you, yeah. know, you would just go back there and you would, because they were just massive and like, and you know, they're just, you would find these natural rainbows and you would just keep on hitting it. You just hike oh. it, hike it, hike it until you like cleared it. And it was a lot of fun because you're away from the crowds. Like right. you could, you know, do whatever you could bust out the beers, like bust out the pipe and just be, have like a grand old time uh, at, thir- back there. at 13. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was a little punk ass kid, man. Uh, <laughs> but um, you did grow up I in Colorado. Mean, my... <laughs> <laughs> of other opportunities I missed out on when I was a kid when as I got into college, right? But yeah, like so the log culture in Colorado too was like it's it sometime when I was in like college, it like actually like really turned they they turned into this thing i found out about it like many years later but they they would have these like underground logging competitions where you know they had like log masters and like it was like this like golf style tournament there's like 18 different features and like you would go and who could have the the lowest you know the 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 how many who could clear it in the least amount of attempts okay and yeah, so it's really cool. One of our or our athletes, his name's Wookie. He was actually the guy behind <laughs> all of that. And some of our early riders were all like, you know, log masters. Like they had like, you know, they were they had like one log masters and whatnot. And then even over in um, over in Breck, they had a um, a similar thing as well, where they were going around and just uh, you know, they had this underground comp, and and it was just. Yeah, you just had to kind of be in the know about it. It was kind of neat. It was like a really cool, very like skate vibe, like tight community. Everybody just like super stoked. And, you know, I, I've always loved that about about 
park riding. And, you know, as I got into the backcountry, I think like I kind of missed some of that too, where, where there is that kind of collective level of, of stoke. And especially for people that like, it, that are starting out and like when they just first stick that 360, it doesn't yeah. matter if everybody else is doing sevens and yeah. corks, yeah. like the fact that they landed. And if you, if they put the time in, uh, you know, and just kept on hiking this thing, kept on doing it. You just watch them fail, fail, fail. And then they finally stick it. Like everybody just, just goes nuts for it. And, you know, that's just, it's, it's really cool. It's an element of like, yeah, that community piece that I think like sometimes in the backcountry, like there's, there's, there's a lot of other stuff that's been kind of going on in the backcountry that's, you know, related to like safety and zones and kind of protectionism stuff that like that community, like doesn't, you know, is it, it wasn't as thriving as when, when, you know, as within the parks. And that's always something that I'd kind of wished was a little bit more in the backcountry that, that there's just the general level of, of, I mean, inclusion is such a buzzword these days, but, you know, trying to like break down that kind of like, um, that kind of, that, 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 oh man, what's the word I'm thinking of there? It's almost that like elitist exclusive mentality, this like, you know, yacht, yacht club, like, you know, (laughs) if you're not, if you, we just experienced that this weekend, like we went riding and the two guys we were riding with Bill and Larry, Man, they were they were fucking killing it. Like busting not, not huge threes, but little threes here and there, like getting above the lip. And the in runs were garbage, but they were sticking it. And I'm like having a rough time getting to the in run. And then this little boy who's like 12, like dude, it's just like what the fuck? <laughs> like I can't do. I, I wiping out. Like I'm getting to the in run and crashing or not enough speed, and he's busting. <laughs> like, and we're all like, yeah, he's clapping. And then buddy, uh, you know, uh, Corey goes, Larry's wife, and bust a three or backside 180 or whatever it was and it was like smooth styly methods yeah. just just flowing is the the word yeah. that kept coming to, to mind the whole time but but such a great group of people so inclusive like right? you're talking like, about yeah just yeah just the community the snowboard community right like no judgment just yeah. like along for the ride doesn't matter what level you're at you know like let's just go get it as I long as I you s- keep up I slid on my back yeah. most of the time at the on the landing. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. I'm Such like, I'm a tomahawk it. twice on one landing. <laughs> Who cares? It's not ice. Hey, dude, I don't give a shit. That's right. It's that's not right. Ice. Yes, yeah, doesn't exactly. hurt. <laughs> How do you get better yeah. by failing and wiping out? Like <laughs> that's what I yeah. said. I said, yeah. If you're not crashing, you're not trying. So. Man, that's just it. Yeah. If you're not first, you're last. You know, just like uh, Ricky Bobby. yeah i love that part of of just snowboarding in general and you know it's 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 part of like my motivation too it's just it's the people you're around and it's always just amazing just like how much stoke like snow and just being out in nature can like bring about you know but you know sometimes it's like sometimes surprising too like how much animosity can come. I think Jad, you and I were talking about it earlier on. We were like saying how I was saying about like how the snowboarders, uh, when ski, you know, they were just starting to open up like this is yeah. when I was like, you know, 13, 14. Yep. I remember they were, they would just straight, hate. Just, you know, hate on you. Hate on just us. like, Oh my gosh. I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Chinese kid growing up in like white suburban America, never felt more, 
out of place than being a snowboarder on a at a ski resort. <laughs> I was right? just like, oh my gosh, like And they're all staring at you. Oh man, yelling at you, damn snowboarders, like why don't you go strap in over there? You need to stay in the snowboard park. And yeah. It's just like, oh Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like you just look at it, it's just like it's not even a thing. It's like you just see as many skiers in the snowboard parks, you know. And well, like, yeah, they. I'm going to say this, and I'll deal with it later. But you know, to me, skiing now, seeing them all over the parks in the half pipe, I'm like, you guys are just like rollerbladers, man. You guys were biting, you're <laughs> biting on the snowboard ski skateboarders because skateboarding's cool. It's got its own, it's got its own thing going on on television. Videos are rad. Oh, you want to. You want to use your rollerblades to go down the do the exact same trying to do the same tricks and you know your feet are pointed forward they're attached to your butt mm-hmm. your thing right yeah I don't know sorry uh, just, it's just the old, it's just the old like hatred it's still there like they hated us yeah yeah hey Leo well, we're, getting, it's just we're we're gonna have to re- all love. we're gonna have to cu- cut this we off. might have to reconnect with you we're getting a weird like weird sound on your end like yeah, it's a, been static for a while like a crackly. Every time, every oh, time no. you talk, it just started happening. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. He might be able to clean it up later, but we definitely. Uh, yeah, to, I, um, there's no way I can clean that up. No. Okay. No, because uh, it's only no. when he talks that it happens. It's not. If it was in the background when he wasn't saying anything, then I could, uh, I could probably change that. Yeah, but. we should try calling again. Maybe if we just okay. hang up and then try reconnecting real quick. We may and have, yeah. see if we we may have a, to do the Facebook thing because that's usually really good compared to this technology. Why? What are you using right now? Or FaceTime. Oh, it looks like oh no, FaceTime works. What do you talk? Well, that's Facebook. That or, no, no, oh, no, 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 that's no, Apple. No. But that that usually works really well, anyways. FaceTime seems to work way better, but that's what. We're yeah, doing. it could. Like I said, it could or be Face- my end too. It is, but we yeah. can. We'll just reconnect it. Yeah, we'll just reconnect. Okay. We're gonna hang up and then we'll call you right back. Okay, bye. All right, sounds good. Yeah, bye. Mm-hmm. Hello. Oh, that's much better. Oh uh, yeah, nice. Oh yeah, there we go. We're good. All right, so we were talking about. Skiers, not like <laughs> yeah, back in the eighty. Back in, I I remember back in like nineteen eighty. They could have been eighty eight because I was fourteen. I'm seventy four. I bought my first <laughs> snowboard uh, through a magazine uh, commercial or ad or whatever you want to call it. Ad, yeah, um, out of Winnipeg. Did you say you were seventy four? No, I'm born in 74. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're 74. I thought, I, like, I thought that's what you said, too. Right, like, that's why he laughed. That's why Whoa. I was thinking about it. I'm like, he laughed, and I'm like, I'm wait, it buttons, sounded dude. like you said you're 74. Going backwards. Yeah, that's I right. came out old and getting younger. <laughs> diapers to diapers. Either way, it's <laughs> diapers dead, to diapers. Dead button yeah. going on. Diapers to <laughs> diapers, bro. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, I, you know, I'm really glad that there is a... I, okay, I'm not going to... I'm not going to sugarcoat this. We're talking about skier snowboarders. I disliked snowboard skiers for the longest time and it literally took me going catboarding and uh-huh. getting into the flats, being that kid who snowboard skateboard snowboards, looking still at the age of I must have been what, forty two, forty one then, or uh-huh. thirty nine or forty anyways, in my forties. And and I went looking, like we were out riding in these like beautiful area. My buddy and his girlfriend or his wife at the time, still wife now, they were out skiing and snowboarding, they were gone with the guides, and I'm like, let's go look over here by myself. So the tail uh-huh. guy hated me because I'm that guy venturing <laughs> and getting stuck in the flats. He's like, here's my pole. Here's my pole. <laughs> That's what he said to me all day. Here's my pole. <laughs> and then some of the skiers, 
here's my pole. So I was like, <laughs> I kind of like you guys in the back country because I don't have to unstrap and get, you know, walk through deep snow up to my, you know, nipples type thing, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I'd but, like them better if they would thought about you when they got to the flats and instead of just stopping there, you know, get you to a zone where you can keep riding. Well, the thing is in the flats, when we were traversing through places, I was blowing past them because I was properly waxed. I... <laughs> that's the key problem was that day <laughs> that day I wasn't set up very well I was riding a board that is a power board but I rode it like a park board and my legs were done like three oh, runs you mean ducked out you mean or? well not ducked out but just not my front foot wasn't I didn't have it angled enough for me oh okay yeah. and so there's a lot of my quads were bleeding I'm like we got two days of this holy fuck <laughs> and it's like you know 475 bucks for the day and you're like well I'm gonna make the mess of it so but it was fun that was a good experience I definitely look forward to doing that again soon you but know yeah. I've, I've, I feel like I'm getting one step closer to like being a full blown skier like more and more I get into like ski mountaineering and hard booting like all that stuff so. yeah you're right is that so that was your riding right now you're into the hard boots with your with your sled I mean with your uh, your sled board uh, yeah, I just started getting into it this is my first year on the setup so um yeah it's 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 pretty interesting i will say um you know it's it, the 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 ride down wasn't as bad as i had thought mm-hmm. and the the skin up is like just so much more efficient like way more efficient than i had thought so like everything that i had kind of previously thought about hard booting was has kind of changed if you will like mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. my perceptions of what i thought it was going to just be a miserable ride like down and i th- i thought it wasn't going to make that much of a difference like i can i don't like walking around in ski boots why am i going to like touring in ski boots and i was like <laughs> wow i was like this is this is this is good i could i can actually hold an edge and i've got like a little bit more like glide and you know it's 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 been it's been good what system are you running um, I, so currently I'm on like a spark setup, but I'm work, try, working on getting a phantom setup. Okay. So yeah, cause they're, they're right here in Colorado and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. I think they were on, on your guys' show. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, episode 20 yeah. with John nice. and Alex we from Phantom. Of, actually, that was about them. They get a, definitely a mention quite often. Yeah. Guys. We, uh, we hear lots of great things about the setup and would love to try it one day, just down to try it. I'm, I'm excited to, to learn about this, uh, you know, the, um, the the more efficient tour up and then i'm i'm kind of stoked on feeling what that ride down feels like yeah 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 the, so i i hopped on a pair of like hojis which is i would not recommend they're more like aggressive <laughs> ski boots than they are uh touring boots but that that's why i'm kind of like i'm excited to get on the the slippers uh mm-hmm. you know I, i'm pretty sure they're just like kind of modified atomic backlands but that's exactly that was kind of what what everybody was kind of doing and recommending anyways. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and just the, the lightweight, like when I went and got my, my heat bed molded, like, um, over at Bankgate on golden and he showed me some of the, the backlands and was like, dude, if you can, you know, if you can get on a pair of those phantoms, he was like, you really should like, and I was just like blown. I was just like, Oh wow. Like this is way different. And so if I had that experience with Hoji's, and was like, hey, mm-hmm. this is this isn't that bad. I'm just yeah, I'm looking forward to to trying them out. But I mean, there's just the one downside that I have 
noticed so far is uh it is sketchy snowmobiling in ski boots oh i bet yeah <laughs> whereas like whereas so, like before you would ride in your snowboard boots exactly right but so, but here's the thing so like there's there's it's funny because a big part of this sledding community around here would go for the um the 32 jones mtb boot for sledding uh-huh. You know, because it was oh. a more comfortable, warmer boot to wear, and because it uh-huh. had the the Vibram outsole, it was more durable on your the your traction, uh, you know, your traction spot on your sled. You know, that's pretty aggressive yeah. on the PU yeah. soles of snowboard boots, where it would tear them up. Yeah, on the running boards. Yeah, yeah a lot a lot of guys would go with the uh, the Jones boots just for the 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 Vibram rubber outsole. Have you ever thought about getting the warming bag for your boots? Because you can put a bag on the back of your sled. That is connected to your sled's battery engine, and it'll actually uh-huh. ch- keep a, a pack warm. So if you want to put gloves back there, boots in there, it'll keep it warm. I don't know the name and brand yet. I've I remember seeing it. I'll have to dig into that, find that out. But that uh-huh. would be the key. So you keep your hard boots in the bag warm uh-huh. with your other set of mitts or gloves. Ride yeah. your snowboarding boots, and then make the transition in the mountains. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Dude, yeah, that's... that's what that's what our, uh, our 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 skier dude does on when he does. He brings his boards or he brings his boots like on a bag in the tunnel, and and yeah, he just like slops them out. Like, but they got to be warm. It's it's a warm bag, Leo. It's got to be a uh-huh. warm bag. I'm all about <laughs> I'm all about like you know we, we work with a company now, Vulcan. They've got some great you know gloves and socks and and heatable chest things. I'm like I'm all about that. Like doesn't mean I'm gonna wear them all day, but if the gloves are warm yeah. in the car in the bag and I can hit the button little remote button on the way up. So on my way down, I got warm gloves. I'm in. So same idea. Nice. Yeah. I'm all about tech. And there's, Dude. It's, it's, I think it's interesting about splitboarding, you know, with that too. And just with that, that there really is like evolution of technology. Yeah. And it's just cool to really see. Yep. I mean, when, when, when I first got into Weston, like, this was like right in like uh, I think it was 2015. You know that was when like Spark had just like released like the the the, the pinless, and that was when Karakoram that was their like the claim to like yeah. we're pinless, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of funny that like you know there's some of the pin stuff is kind of coming back, and I'm just like what? Wait, wait a minute. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but it's gonna, cool. We're not going to really name. We're not going to name any names. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 exactly. But it's cool to see just like how how that stuff is progressing yeah, and absolutely. even with the hard boot stuff yeah. and just seeing that it progress. Whereas, you know, with boards, it's, it's kind of arguable that like I, I, I hopped on like my never summer that was like 20 years old oh. and just for shits and giggles. And I was just like, I still had a blast. Yeah, I'm sure it was a little heavier, but I still had a blast. And I yeah. was just like, hmm. you know, like board tech, like has it really sure it's gotten maybe a little bit lighter and, you know, Oh, so and, and there's been a lot of like changes in shapes. Yeah, it's and been a shape thing. Ride. Yeah, yeah. Shapes and side cut. I find, you know, it was, it was a big thing when I was working for Koo back in the '90s, and we were building boards, and we were just some little itty bitty shot, like you know, little manufacturer. But it was crazy learning about the arc and where the where the side cut comes from, and how much you can use, and 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 even that, like you look at the boards back in the '90s, you're like. Dude, there's nothing here. There's no side cut. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
And now, now and once you get into multi-radial side cuts too, oh, it's just yeah. different edge I contact I want to try points. that so bad. Oh, it's interesting. It's different than wavy edge. It's because like wavy is like, yeah. you know, it's like a serrated knife versus like yeah, a yeah. sharp knife. You know, but do, um, do you guys do any of that stuff right now with yours? Like, does any multi- not with the wavy stuff? So back when I first started working with Weston, we had some of that, and I, I honestly just thought it was a little bit grippy. Uh, like it when you're like kind of at a certain angle, it just felt like it was kind of like catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, we do do the multi radial where it's like not like a consistent smooth arc. It's where it, it kind of like. It, it becomes like a longer in the middle. Right. And so it just kind of, in, it keeps the edge engaged at, uh, at a lower angle. So it just, it, you could, it's not like, it's, it's a very interesting feel like, and it's, it's, and we do have like, kind of like, I guess you could call them like just a micro, like a, a spot that just kind of like flattens out and uh-huh. then like it continues to pick up. Uh-huh. And so it's these like really, really subtle differences like within like board tech that I think is really where the advancement in board tech, but it's not like in split board tech where right. it's like pin versus pinless right you know active latching systems and all this stuff like yeah it's it's, it's i think it's, you're gonna have to send us some of these boards with the uh the multi-edge side because uh-huh. i haven't yeah. multi-radio i've never like i i do ride a lot of uh you know the magnet traction by libtech i got you know four mm-hmm. three of those boards in my lineup that i have um i like it it it's got its functionalities but I want to try some other like. There's a couple other brands out there, like the you know the, you know, the Yes brands got it on the bite, and it's the same uh-huh. concept as well. And then Arbor's got their own as well. We're underfoot. It kind of changes his again as well. So you know, yeah, I have never really experienced that because no one in our area, no one really carries those brands. So it's tough uh-huh. to you know to get my hands on one. And yeah, and there's no demos. When does demo right. tours around here? So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Population. If we density. could only get up there, if we could get up there, <laughs> you guys gotta let us in to convince them that snowboard demos are essential. Right, you're, you're in. I can, get, I can get you to Powder King. Just it's done. Just you just need to get the board sent to us. Nice. Done, done. <laughs> Yeah. But what's it even like multi-radial camber profiles too is pretty interesting as well. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like where it's not just like a single arc, it's kind right. of like table topping out or like sometimes even dipping in yeah. and not even like this rocker stuff. So it's kind of neat, like what all these little, these little tweaks like here and there, but sometimes when you go back to just a single uh-huh. radius, yep. you're just like, oh wow, like yep. this. Is, I remember what this was like again. Yep. Like we we had this board out called the the hatchet, and it's a single radius, and it's just like, and and you have to kind of like really edge into it to get that like super solid like arc but when you lock when you lock that thing in you're just like oh yeah i'll remember what camera was all about uh, <laughs> or what the what the single radius was all about yeah. like, it's some of those moments where you're just like huh sometimes like things advance and sometimes like yeah what is just what's been just, established just works yeah like the old school <laughs> camber like you know even the rocker camber camber uh-huh. i got a I've got a fish I ride, Burton fish I ride, and it's like, I just go to that thing, and it's like, man. I was riding it in the cat track yesterday, and I've got my step-ons on it, and I am literally, I felt like I was in hard boots. I could go edge to edge, and I wouldn't even touch the base. Like, I could just uh-huh. jump edge to edge. And that thing, when you lay a carve, it because of that 30, that I think it's 25 mil paper in the front, 
it's so much bigger. It just blasts. Wow. Like you just, uh-huh. oh yeah. Even Darren, <laughs> Darren wrote it. It's a 62 and he's like, that thing is so playful. And I'm like, I know I need to get a 151 in this thing for, <laughs> uh, for playing in the trees. But it's, yeah, sometimes, you know, less is more sometimes. It's great to have that techie board. Like I've got my, the, the, the lib I showed you, that bird man with the reverse camber and that uh-huh. ace and tail. That thing is like surfing. Like, uh-huh. Because of that technology, right? You guys do the same thing. We got that, uh, you know, I love that. The swallowtail. The yeah. swallowtail, that Japal that you guys have got in the split is just, I need to try that. That's just like, yeah. it's, and it's calling What's cool me. with split too is as, as more, as there's more shapes within split boards too that yeah. are, you know, it, it's not just like looked at as like, oh, okay, it's like this, just the big mountain, like, you know, so for some, for some time, I feel like people really equated like backcountry with like huge expedition riding yeah. and that you're like, you know, you're booting up like gnarly terrain. And it's like the majority of we, of what we do in the backcountry is actually pretty mellow, you know? And it's like, and I think when people realize that, and then like with, even with how the products like related to that, you know, realizing that like, Oh, like if you're just riding low angle, you know, pow runs in the trees. Like, you know, we should have like swallowtail splits. We should have, if you're, a, you know, kind of a freestyle hucker, like that's like out there dropping cliffs, like have freestyle splits. And yeah. so it's kind of cool that like, we're finally seeing kind of a critical mass, <clears throat> excuse me, take shape within split boarding that, that those unique shapes are kind of, are you're you're having these niches within the backcountry segment that's like starting to grow and so yeah it's exciting to see and and i'm seeing a lot of the older shapes from back in the like the late 90s come in like a lot of that the blunted nose you guys have got one as well yeah Um, yeah you got that the hatchet like you talked about this you know there's some of the little more a little rounder but that that kind of shape is coming back and that was cool back when Boards went from the you know the the the, Kel- the Craig Kelly air they started changing and people started pl- messing with just the shape, and that's coming back and that again it's like you said the tried and true works it, you know sometimes you got to just go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it kind of has this like almost like fashion. I know where you're going. You know? I know what I said. It's just kind <laughs> of thinking about cycles, it. Yeah, right? Yeah. It just, what's old is new. Yeah. What's new is old. Except and, this time, the you know the the lapels are not as big. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not polyester no more. It's more of a cotton blend, and you know, technology's progressed it a little bit. Better, Woolen right? spandex. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's awesome. Uh, that's hilarious. You know, even with like color stuff. I mean, like I've uh, our 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 marketing and like production. Like, it's really interesting when they are pulling up these like. You know, whoa! What's our what's the color palette's going to be? And For next you know, year. we're talking about like what's <laughs> almost like two, three years down the yeah, road. Yeah. And you know, and you're looking at like car colors, mm-hmm. like oh, okay, this color. Oh, look at this colorway. I'm like, I never thought I would be looking at a presentation about what's what colors are going to be like cool. the next the next thing. You know? Trending. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 one of the funnest parts I think about being in this process is like is that the design, not just the graphic design, but the engineering design of it. And, the the you know, core just, just, from the core up, it's fun. I remember doing that back then, and it was lots of fun. Like 
what where are we going to get our cores made and you know what what are we going to use for stringers inside are we going to get multi stringers you know just all aspen or we're going to put a little bit of you know whatever other wood inside or yeah yeah it was lots of fun oh man oh whenever we talk with our our factory over at gp those guys are mad scientists too i believe it when we start talking about like different carbon fiber layups and just looking at like, you know, different carbon fiber degrees and different carbon fiber weights and how, you know, you're looking at just even how these, the, the weave of carbon fiber affects the flex. And if you do multiple layers of really thin weight versus like single layers of very high weight, you know, how does that impact durability and performance? And it's like, it's really cool stuff. And even with, like you said, even within the cores, like, okay, how much, you know, if you do, you know, a, a, a five millimeter strip of, of bamboo versus like mm-hmm. a 10 mil strip, you're just like, it's like a totally different, totally. different ride, a totally oh, yeah. different construction. And, yep. you know, we, we just, it's geek out on this stuff. I mean, even more recently, it's been like, well, not, not really recently. It's just something we've been, we started really doing was with, with trying to get this like holeless uh, base without going with like a 3D uh, mold um, just to have like consistent flex and you know the the our 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 key ended up being like fine thread and oh. you know it required us to like find like and we were actually working with uh this guy um um his name is uh his this guy frank he used to he worked used to work for burton he like owns the building that we're actually in over in uh in in denver yeah. and um just cool he's he's you know crazy cool guy like he works at the they, they have their own kind of the public works now he's he was actually like on the team for the burton ah oh man which binding is getting late here i'm trying to think it was like one of like the the, the and, and it's just it was the like custom? His, uh was it the custom? There was a, no, it was a binding. The freestyle custom, as I used to write, everybody wanted that one. It was white with red stripes on, like white writing, red writing on it. We all had. I don't know if it was, was it called the custom binding. I don't remember uh, the name of it. I don't remember, but I, uh, I remember we all went. And then once we got that white binding, you wanted the sky backs added to it, and just like you know, make it this monster snow binding. But all. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, he he, we were just like brainstorming on trying mm-hmm. to figure this out. We were whiteboarding it in the office. Hey, he just happened to walk by, and we we're just like, hey, let's just go ask Frank. Right? Like, what what does he think about? He's like, have you ever thought about fine thread screws? And we're like, no, that would like completely like solve our issue right now. You know, of not having of like different, you know, not having enough. Um, you know, enough cord uh, to, you know, have enough bites to make sure our hardware like sticks and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's those little subtle things. And I think at the end of the day, you know, when you combine all of things to these things together, it just, it's, it's, it's exciting to kind of see this process, you know, and once you layer on like sustainability too, like mm. I actually came from more of a, the renewable energies field. That's what I was doing out in New Jersey. And so like, I'm just, and I went to CU Boulder too. And if you know, CU Boulder, it's like so far left, it's like almost a foul ball. But like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so like, it's, so once you start factoring in these things with sustainability and you're looking at like the environmental impact of, you know, VOC elimination and, you know, how do you balance out durability with sustainability? How do you get performance with something that's sustainable too? Like it just, 
it's it's fun it's a it becomes like a really challenging puzzle to kind of piece together to put at the end of the day it's just this this thing that you strap to your feet to ride on snow yeah <laughs> if you, yeah melted down to yeah, the simplest it's just tob- tobogganing standing up that's it that's what <laughs> yeah. christine flecky said very simply it's just tobogganing that's it <laughs> now you've made it tech with like edges and it comes apart it goes in two pieces like that's just yeah like some people i'll talk to like oh so what are you doing nowadays I'm like well you know i do this and that i'm got a split boarding podcast like what's split boarding i'm like <laughs> yeah i get it i'm like you need to go I, all i say is just go youtube it because joey vosper is going to come up he's one of our guests you might want to listen after and it's just like they're like they'll, they'll text me later like yeah I, everything is like yeah just that, that's crazy i never even thought that even happened and it's like yeah it's pretty cool to kind of open someone's eyes to what a split board is and that new accessibility yeah. to that backcountry and it's great yeah we we just bring a we have we do this thing called the the, the transition challenge it's like our activation at events and you know, we'll even just do it at like, so whenever we go to the, these different, you know, different like film showings and whatever, we're just event doing like, you know, um, pray for pow parties and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, well, and what do we have? Like a booth. We'll, we'll just put a split board out and put it on a rubber mat and you just time it. Like, it's like who, whoever gets the best like time is going to get like, you know, this swag pack or something like that. I mean, and transitioning it, right? exactly yeah, so yeah. and at our well, one of our dudes this engineer he's just like a he's got it down to like 20 23 seconds Holy. it was the craziest thing not no skins though the rowan skins you're just asking for a bunch of dirty skins um, <laughs> no doubt <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah he's got it from from uh from tour mode to ride mode in i think it was 23 seconds i was just like holy moly like that was yeah. quick. <laughs> well, I know you guys have those Karakorum clips on your boards this mm-hmm. year, right? I yep. Just, yep. Yeah. I just got a set of those on the, the board I got from Tahoe Lab and it's it's different, but it's nice. You just gotta make sure you kinda like make that V and click them together and then pop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it kinda has that it's almost like the uh um how do you say it just there's a satisfying feeling. Yeah. About it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's obviously there's practical reasons to do it. Yeah. Cause that one, it's just a satisfying feeling. I almost wish that it like made like a little sound that was like, Ki-ding. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Cause I've got the old Karakorum clips on my Jones and it's like that, that one section doesn't move and it's way nicer when that section moves. Like it's just yeah. way quicker. I see that. Yeah. I, I got to play with it more. I got to get my, transitions uh i gotta learn that quicker even with my bindings i gotta break those in now my new pucks <laughs> nice yeah it's, it, but it's wild how many people don't know what a split board is it is it is and wow. it's uh yeah because i run into the same thing when i explain to people what a split board is and they're like what what do you want to do that for just get a sled that's good too but (laughs) yeah yeah it's becoming more and more of a thing though for sure i mean people are recognizing it more and more yeah yeah you're you're in we're in the apex of the s curve is what i feel like right you know 
not yeah. quite plateaued. Every, every, everything has a, a you know a learning curve, and then you get into the into the so, subtle normal normality. People start to get to it's like it becomes a common word in the household, and then it makes that big shift where all of a sudden it's like, boom, it's mainstream, right? So this that's gonna have to happen. It's happening right now. Yeah, it's it's already yeah. into that. It's blasting out. We're blasting out of that apex into the main curve now, into people knowing what they are more and more. It's not just that thing in the rack at the shop. We're like, oh, what the that f- looks weird. Why has it got all those holes in it? Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Oh, look at the price tag. Damn. They're like, <laughs> they don't get it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always been a. I've always hung out in skateboard shops, snowboard shops all the time. I've done that since uh, probably 1990, 1988. <laughs> So uh-huh. yeah, I still forever the red. Always still do that. That's how you get the best discounts, man. You just got to be kind <laughs> with the owner. There's a method to my madness all the time. You know, it's been almost like a 360 for me. Like um, when it comes to that kind of hanging out at the skate shop too, because there, when I was a little grom and just going, to, I would go to this. My local skate shop was this place called the Boardroom, and um, this guy Vince owned it, and uh, then now Vince uh he's like the 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 head of sales over at uh never summer and then never summer is like the the one of the sales guys is like right down the street from my house he's like practically my neighbor this guy gags so it's yeah it's just kind of funny so i i just met vince last week actually oh nice yeah cool dude huh we've got a project coming down the pipe that's all i'm gonna say that's it (laughs) <laughs> no more, no less. I've met Vince, and uh, yeah, he's pretty rad. We had a good chat. He thinks I'm. Uh, I got lots of ideas. He thinks I'm a bit of a Looney Tune, but that's okay. Like, it was great brainstorming with you. I'm like, man, you didn't even crack the ice. Like you're just. We're just <laughs> little does he know. We're just scraping the snow off the top, man. <laughs> yeah, good things. Yeah, well, I told him straight up. I said, you know, you people buy a never. He's like, well, you know. He's talking about you know how sales are going. I'm like, dude. I said, you guys build tanks. No one, build, you don't break never summers, man. Like that's just how it goes. <laughs> you just said it in the podcast. You bought your old board back out, and you still got her. You still got the old never. Twenty summer. years later, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vince is pretty yeah. nice guy. I really enjoyed talking with him. So, but yeah. yeah. So, what got you into splitboarding? So you you learned how to bike. You know, we're gonna go back. We're gonna digress uh-huh. now you were you know learning how to um jump hits off the side and then all of a sudden like you got, did you get into the misery slippers snowshoeing did you do that at all <laughs> i did not actually i jumped straight into splitboarding because it just seemed like it just seemed to make sense oh and i you know what really was the the moment where i was like I want to start doing this more. And uh, to be honest, I I had kind of a little bit of a uh, snowboarding was just getting a little bit stagnant for me. Yeah. Uh, And it was kind of like, it was just that chase and pow that like really started to bring it back. And, and when I started to just do, you know, uh, we had some friends and we would go and, um, you know, we would have our, our, our kind of annual trip and mm-hmm. every year we were trying to make it like better, you know, we got to do something like different and bigger and better. And, and we got to, you know, keep stepping it up. And I think that's where they all, everybody was like, all right, we got to get into the backcountry a little bit more. And I think that was when it was really starting to make snowboarding 
fun again for me because like it was just all of a sudden like there was this whole another world that to go learn about there's whole more new gear to learn about it was new education to learn about you know uh and exploring new zones and just learning how to like find different areas and just looking at a peak and being like how are we gonna how are we gonna gonna get there yeah yeah exactly and then just what's the shortcut to getting up to there yeah yeah and so and i think that it was more just the desire to to keep it fresh was mm. really what got me into splitboarding. That's, and a double, that, that's a double entendre there. Fresh snow, keeping it fresh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even, didn't even think about that. Right. Yeah. Again, <laughs> that's yeah. how my brain works. You see how it goes? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, once I, it, it was, I was actually on track to like, because I always loved sharing my stashes. I'm, I'm like the worst guy when it comes to like, like, you know, keeping something secret because I just love stoking people out and mm-hmm. just be like, hey, you know. And so as I was learning all this stuff with, uh, with the backcountry and just learning, I was kind of felt like this, like I, I, I really wanted to like share the love of this whole process. And it was a hard process. I mean, this at the time, I guess it was a little bit before right as like the internet was really taken off and you know and there was a lot of a lot of my first kind of forays if you will into like skinning and all and even like boot packing up stuff was like you know i was constantly encountered with this very similar feeling of like i didn't belong there like you're you're a noob oh don't don't be going this way like mm. you know you ask somebody at the trailhead hey where you headed today oh not where you're headed like <laughs> i'm going over there somewhere you know and she's just like oh, what? okay and like you know later on i realized like they just didn't want to share or whatever and you know or if you didn't have like a beacon shovel probe you'd get like shamed for like not you know and i i was getting that when i was when I was as far back as I was riding at, at Loveland Pass and, you know, as a, as a, just like a little park rat trying to learn jumps and stuff. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm not going out there to get rowdy. I'm just going to hit this log jib or hit this, you know, but yeah. there was a lot of, it was really tough. Like, and then there was the whole, like getting the education and then just getting like scared shitless i mean again like we i feel like they've kind of changed the tone of a lot of that avalanche education stuff but you know so for me there was a lot of things that i really was hoping were somewhat different if somebody Mm -hmm. if i wanted to bring somebody else into the backcountry that really wished that there was uh, a little bit more of kind of like a mentorship if you will um that was just like all right let me show you the ropes of of how this goes um and you know i think that that's really ultimately what what we brought into weston was trying to to create to 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 do the things that we really wished were available to us that it wasn't just this like zero to hundred like okay now now you gotta buy a splitboard beacon shovel probe and go take a navi course it's like there's a lot of like intermediary steps that that would allow for people to like be able to transition into that and so like that's really what got me not just into 
that was exciting about splitboarding, but that's what it was what's been exciting about with Weston is being able to to help to to shape that conversation of how people are getting into the backcountry, especially in this like digital age where yeah. it's like, you know, now we can now this information is out there. Now I now now they actually know that if you go into the backcountry, like be prepared. This is like you have you're your own ski patrol, you're you know, you're your own route finder, all this stuff. You can't, you know, you don't you're not gonna pick up the 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 backcountry trail map like <laughs> at the kiosk at the trailhead you know so that's where i guess where your inspiration for slay at home series <laughs> that uh, it was like uh because uh, with, that was more the covid stuff too but we were kind of like in that general direction anyways right like, trying to move more because we were doing a lot of stuff like grassroots uh you know going to retailers doing this education series where you know just meeting people face to face trying to help to build those communities because it's before and after those presentations where you might meet your touring partner right where you might meet you know where you get to ask questions about like gear and stuff and so you know the event itself was just like one aspect so we really and we still believe in that grassroots effort but when you know everything went and locked down and and it was like the stay at home order and that's what it was a play off of you know the slay at home series mm-hmm. um it was just to kind of continue on with our our education uh just online and it's been a great success because you know we what we've been really trying to do is not just do like the one-on-one the basics or the avalanche awareness there's a lot of people that are doing that and we were really trying to push and get a little bit deeper into like the human factor get deeper into what does backcountry stewardship mean go and even you know where this is i'm surprised we haven't got a lot of hate mail for it but we 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 brought out and we started to introduce zones and be like and we got some like guidebook authors to kind of share like some of like the 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 some simple beta even though this stuff all existed obviously they're guidebook authors you could buy their guidebook it's not like we're you know we're not like sharing the stash or anything like this is all public information but um but yeah so we decided to just kind of innovate on in terms of what what content we're out there kind of telling people about you know it's no longer just like hey here's the forecast like here's the beacon shovel probe it's like all right like let's go a little bit more in depth. I think we've got like some uh, some stuff that's a little bit more on ski mountaineering, or like we did one that was on like planning your planning your trip and or thinking about doing stuff like oh you know if you're gonna go overseas like you know what what can you think about? Early on we did like a um, like a Japan series like it was like okay if you go to japan here's some beta like go eat at 7-eleven it's gonna it's awesome (laughs) that's what i keep hearing and seeing yeah (laughs) amazing like it is not not just like slurpees and hot dogs it's like you can live off of (laughs) here we got taquitos deep fried wings and (laughs) potato wedges which is like a i'm not sure if you know they're in in the u.s but it's like a potato with like uh-huh. um, KFC flavoring kind of powder on them, they deep fry them. Okay. So yeah, yeah, just making uh, everybody fatter. <laughs> <laughs> I stay yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. I've heard that. That's awesome. And I know that I was just looking at your website. You know, um, 
you guys have this great tool here that I don't think many people know about. It's, you know, finding, you know, fi- finding an, um, finding a guide op near you. And I think that's huge because yeah. people always ask, you know, I'm seeing the DMs and uh, on our side and people on, on comments and other people's um, posts about, like, you know, where do I find a guide? How do I know, you know, should I hire a guide? You know, and everybody promoting, of course, guys are going to promote other guides, but do you want to have a good time? Or do you want to suffer all day long? You know, yeah, there's a suffer <laughs> of going up the mountain, but you want to just not find good areas and, and be high risk and not really learn much. You know, yeah, I love that. I just, I just found that myself looking on your page. Um, well, I think they like from my point of view. I think the guide thing gets overlooked too too many times because they oh, see it the absolutely. wrong light. They see what I'm going to pay 300 bucks a day for a guide. You know, well, what are you going to pay guys? if you're going to go to resort? <laughs> Yeah, you know, and spend all the money to travel there, to get your lift pass, to buy your food, to do all that. I mean, and then you're going to go explore the backcountry on your own with some downloaded information, which probably is not the smartest thing. Go with a guide and just learn, right, and soak it up. And I think you hit it right on the nail. There's learn. Yeah. Even if you hire these guys just for like a day trip. Yeah. The amount of knowledge you're going to soak in. Ask questions like crazy. Oh my. And not exactly. And not to mention the quality of riding you're going to get in. Right. I mean, just outrageous. And you're just going to walk away from that day smiling from here. Hey, listen, you know, I've tried skydiving a couple of times and it wasn't cheap, but I'll tell you what, (laughs) never take it back for a second. The amount of money I spent on that. You know what I'm saying? So I I see it the same Uh, way as that. Yeah, and it's not. I don't think it's just when, like, because oftentimes people think about a guide as like, okay, I'm going to travel somewhere, I've got a week there, of course, hire a guide. It's like you're going to spend like three days dialing in a zone, and then two days of ripping it. It's like if you hire a guide, you've got the rest of the time to just like get to the goods. And but when you're when you're local, because especially in this environment where we have a lot of newcomers coming in, people that are just new to the stuff and then they're you know they might have brought been brought into the sport through a friend or or something like that but that friend could be a ski mountaineer and if you're like hey let's go on like a mission i actually heard of this story where you know this this guy went out with with his his buddy because they were just like hey you know splitboarding's awesome and ended up like uh, it was like a deep dive into ski mountaineering he realized <laughs> like three quarters of the way up the mountain that he was was grossly unprepared, was like scared, you know, uh, was completely scared about the, exactly. And he was like, I'm going to bail. And you're never going to get that with a guide, you know, because like you're, you're, you're the, the whole experience with the guide is they're going to try to find that opportunity that's right for you. And it's not just like you're tagging along with whatever your friends are doing. And so it's, 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 in, in my opinion, especially when you're new, it's like, why not hire a guide? Like it's, it's, it just seems to make sense to me that, that, that it just allows it to be a better and more enjoyable experience all around. And it doesn't have to be like so expensive to you. If you get like a group of like, you know, six people, it, it, yeah, it's like you said, it's like the price of a lift ticket and then you're going to learn like what's, what's, what's the ski resort going to teach you, you know, well, and you're going to, ten dollars yeah right <laughs> and then you're you're gonna have such a positive experience i mean i've like i've got a friend who's a river guide down in the mm-hmm. states and and you know you go on a, a tour with those guys i mean they've got it so dialed in 
Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. some of the some of the best meals I've ever eaten on the river, you know, like in just the uh-huh. simplest ingredients, you know, and it's all about that whole experience. And you, I mean, yeah, you can go out and try and get a good tour on your own as a rookie, mm-hmm. but you're never going to get as good a tour as you are with the guide. And like you said, learn, and you don't want a negative experience like that deep dive into ski mountaineering like that dude had on, on that experience. That's a negative experience, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if anything, that probably turned that guy away from going into the backcountry again for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at least realized, like, oh, my gosh, like, there's a lot to mm-hmm. this. Right. So, so it looks like to me you need to upgrade your um, find a guide near you because you have nothing in Canada. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take a f- – you got Japan? I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, let me ask, let me ask you this, Leo, because you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm not well versed on Weston. You know, uh, well, I mean, I am now, but but before this podcast, I wasn't aware of you guys. Do you have retailers in Canada? We do. We actually just started lined up uh, MEC. Okay. Um, I know there's like Pacific Border. There was, uh, I think it was Karoot, Karel, something like that. There's a, we have a handful of them or we're okay. just starting to like do more up there. Good, so. good. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll have to talk to Sean because I'll help, uh, I can help direct some of the brand or companies or some of the stores in this area or in Canada that I would recommend you guys, uh, you know, get in the doors of or I'll help break the ice as well if I can. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Oh, always, always down for a good plug. So. I'm, I'm the yeah, best. Absolutely. I'm really good. My, my natural skill is to network. So let's make it happen. Nice. Yeah, I've been wanting to go, to head up that way too, and just ah, I've I've Dude, not. We're going to Powder King. You, you coming you, to Powder so, King? So wait, wait, say that. Wait, wait. <laughs> he hasn't been say, to Canada. You've never been to Canada? I I went for my brother's wedding, but not to like snowboard. Oh, oh okay. Dude. Where does your brother live? So my brother, his wife is, she uh, yeah she's Canadian obviously, um, okay. and she is uh, she was from Bella Coola. Oh yes, okay. Yeah, my so wife my I've wife lived like, there for a while. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I didn't I had no idea that like what the opportunities were. I forgot what video I saw it in, and all of a sudden there's just like it's like this this video segment in Bella Coola, and I was just like what. Not. I was like, my, I was like, <laughs> I've got like relatives there, and I've never even known that like this place is just like incredible for, for for backcountry, and you no. know, you, you just let us know. Bring your truck and your sled, and we'll uh, we'll go have some fun. Well, I think next Bella Coola, you probably get the Skeena range and everything that's in that area. Darren's yeah, geeking out on the maps. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing. I'm not a map guy. Uh huh. Like I'm not my thing. So well, I got, you, def- I got, you I got definitely my map get... guy right there. <laughs> Geography is not uh, not Chad's strong yeah. point. That's for sure. You guys talk about areas. I'm like, yeah, you're, sure. You're definitely Bella Coola. You're in the heart of the Coast Mountain Range. That's for sure. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, you've got uh, stable snowpack, lots of big mountains, lots of great backcountry riding for sure. I mean, from yeah. there down to Whistler, just sick, uh-huh. sick territory, and, uh-huh. and north up to Terrace. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to just even just yeah, just go further further inwards too and you know well, like when they get this whole covid explore. border thing worked out, you're going to have to do a western tour like yeah, up we'll, we'll come up that coastline 
you know, all, all the way from, you know, from yeah, the dude. Olympics up to, uh, up to the Juno range oh, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Far, far end year in all honesty. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's wild too. Like sometimes, and I mean, I feel like I've been riding in Colorado. I not feel like I, I've been riding here yeah. <laughs> in the back country for, for, you know, 20 some odd years, like 39, yeah, more than 20, almost 25 years now. And I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface even from oh, home. Yeah. And like, no doubt. I, I mean, that. when I start to look at like all the places that I want to go in terms of like, you know, up to Canada, I want to go up to AK, I want to spend more time in the BMW, I would love to go, you know, do, do more time in the Northern Rockies and all that. And then I sometimes I just look at a mountain as I'm driving up and like, I've never ridden there. Or like I hear about like some pass and what's interesting about getting into snowmobiling too is like all of these passes that I could usually give two licks about are like a snowmobiling zone. And like because right. it's like flat and I was like, oh, I never even thought about that. Like, <laughs> you know, I would never go ski there per se, but I could go snowmobile there. So it's been it's been kind of an eye opening for just even how much is so close um you know within that just yeah even within like this uh like a an hour and a half two hour drive from my house like how much stuff have i not done that's like so close to oh you gotta go when the snow's crap where you are you gotta come and we'll go dig into the bc where they're getting like right now they're having what i'm understanding and hearing from others is that they're getting the snow in whistler like they've had back in like 1998 i think Uh really it's been crazy up there right now and i'm like going off it's going off (laughs) yeah (laughs) we'll be seeing some good video good movies net good uh, movies films i don't know what you call it anyways but some good snowboarding videos next year edits Video, oh, full length, <laughs> that's full length videos, man. The fucking edits, uh, you just get a taste. Like <laughs> full length movie, like that, just fucking kicks. Me. I love it. Love the videos. But yeah, What's that said, every millennial, right? You're right. <laughs> my eleven year old son gotta, has TikTok. I gotta spend a, spend an hour watching this thing, right? <laughs> what, one? What do you mean? I can watch a thousand TikToks, like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny. We were just watching Board with the World right before we got on with you, with Craig Kelly from 1990. It was like 38 minutes long, you know. And he's like nice. Canada to Southern California to Japan to St. Moritz, you know, all squeezed into 38 minutes. You know, I, I'm I'm we've had we've talked with Dave Downing about you know Kelly's stance, Craig Kelly's stance, and how his knees are bent uh-huh. and how he's how he maneuvers, and and I'm watching it again. I'm like I. I try it. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I don't understand how he's feet positioning and how he's, his knees are touching. He's like a mogul skier on a snowboard. Like it's, <laughs> but it works. Like I'm not knocking any of that. I'm just like, how do I get to, I need to try. I don't know. I want to try it. I need to change some stuff up. It's, it's, yeah. I was willing to try and get a better ride in better, more flow. Heck, now that I have hard boots, I should probably try to set up a rocket board stance. Yeah. Oh, pause, yeah. Super pause, posy posy. Get like a the thinnest, longest, hardest. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Swallowtail. Get a 
freaking swallowtail <laughs> under your feet with major side cut. Japow. Yeah, yeah. Japow. And you, need, you need to make a Japow in like a 203. And like, and, <laughs> you know, 30 yeah. front and like 20, 19 or 20 in the back, just forward. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm down. Like, I was out riding with I my have like 95 centimeters of nose in front yeah, of you. Those step ons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Down. So down. I want to try that. Not that I would ride every day. But it would love to try that out. And I was always marveled by that, by those boys, those guys riding those those alpine boards, just fucking ripping. Like Oh man. And those little little suits. I'm like, fucking wipe out, man. That thing's you, know, you swear you you just it's I don't know. It's, there's no there's nothing to it. But those guys rail when you see them just it's just insane how oh. they're just carving through. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Snowboarding has made that. What well, uh what's it what's it like being a board manufacturer and, and building split boards? Like how's the evolution of that been with you guys with regards to the design and the build of a split board? Well, you start to think about you know, think of how much time you spend on the up. Mm-hmm. Right? Like snowboards are designed to go down. Right. Like split boards, we spend the majority of on the time of them going up. And so there's, you know, the, so once you start factoring that in, there's so many little subtle things that start to come up. Like, how do you optimize break and trail? How do you optimize the split board for making kick turns? Um, you know, when it comes to like, you know, to even like, how do you keep snow away? How do you, you know, how do you... Um, yeah, how, essentially all of these things are uh, will impact the way that uh, a split board tours, right? And and so we've we've spent a decent amount of time on trying to to optimize that whole experience uh, and subtle things, even such as like just moving your toe brackets forward so that way your tail like drops down. So when you're breaking snow, you're not like trying to do this snowshoe thing where you're like you know, high stepping and stuff. And like when you're kicking, you know, the first thing that I had learned when I, when I was, uh, when getting on the skin track was like learning these kick turns and having to like punch your heel out. It's like, well, if you just lift it up and your, your, your board just drops down naturally, like why not? Well, and so, you know, that's a, that's a very subtle thing that like surprisingly a lot of, I've not seen it. And too many, I know I've seen a few manufacturers that do do this. Sometimes I'm not even 100% sure if it was intentional or it was just like, oh, they just did it. But I mean, we have like, it, it, it would go, like, if you even look at the Japao, like, we go through great lengths to make sure that this is, this occurs. Like, that, the, the, the insert pack is actually fewer because we wanted to make sure that the, the, the tail weight was, sufficient and even when you when you start to factor in like okay well can we reinforce the tail not only are we making it stronger but we are adding a little bit of weight in that tail so well, every time you lift up that 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 ski drops you know you've got so, that you got that metal insert in there which is really mm-hmm. commendable i must say to be able to have that beautiful insert in that tail because a lot of swallowtail companies will avoid that for cost um right like that's uh-huh. a lot it's a lot i, I used to isolate or uh, uh, bases up with with the edging i did all that stuff back in the 90s and i know it's not an yeah. easy feat and you know when we did it it was primitive so you're just like doing it all by hand but now there's a lot more utilities and punches and stuff like that but uh-huh uh-huh i can see that being but is it yours is aluminum isn't it is an aluminum uh-huh. piece 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would not be a, a weight factor whatsoever, but it's really nice to see that. Yeah. But that extra little bit of weight yeah. does make a difference with how far you can move that that um, the toe bracket up, right? So this is back to these kind of like really subtle, subtle. details that people might not really – I don't think anybody has ever said – Asked us, why do you only have a five pack of inserts on your chapau? Nobody's ever asked us that. Oh, you know? I didn't even know that. So no, normally there's six. I mean, I didn't even know. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. So there you go. and so there's there's you know there's, so when it comes to like split board and some of the stuff that occurs even within a board that nobody's ever going to really notice is like will make a huge difference. So like if you build out your inner edge, like your outer edge, you know, and treat each side of each ski of a split board as truly as a ski, you know, that it, it, so, you know, the, a lot of people when, when, if you've ever ridden a DIY, that inner edge is just like a point of just like of not of misalignment of mm. floppiness. Like you can kind of feel sometimes when you're when you're going to like stop on some hard pack, you can kind of feel that inside just kind of catching. And is it really adding more latches? Not really. But if you build out that edge with the same amount of edge dampening, you know, the same thickness of sidewall, all of the above, then you know with and. And then you, then that inner edge doesn't like chatter as much. It holds better. It holds together. Uh, and especially like when you're riding down, you know, it's, it, it makes a huge difference in, in just making sure that the split board rides more like a snowboard, but it's just completely, it's all internal. Nobody, you can't tell whether mm-hmm. or not something, a sidewall is of an equal length. You know, you can obviously go and shave weight. You can, you know, you don't even have to use like any sort of dampening material, so on and so forth. But this is stuff that we do to try to make it so, um, you know, so it rides better. And it's like, and so the, all these little things like combined is, is, you know, has, has difference, you know, different flex, like where, where, and, and even reinforcements when you're talking about the core, like, Mm -hmm. you know, are those, are those inserts like backed up when you're ski in tour mode, you know, you could be putting more stress. If you DIY boards oftentimes fail at the touring inserts, um, and so like, you really have to like reinforce that area. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of like little, again, it's, it's all in the details in yeah. terms of how do you make, like, it's no, it's not as easy as just being like, Hmm, what's our most popular selling snowboard. Okay. Let's uh, just, just cut, cut it, in it down the middle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's toss some more inserts in there. <laughs> you're going to get a good to go. It's like our cores are unique to yeah. split boards, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's crazy. I was actually setting up my um my board uh, board yesterday, and I like to really like when I ride pow. This is my personal. Whatever you guys, anybody else wants to do, it's up to you. But I really like to. I've really gotten. I like to turn that front foot as much like as far forward as I can. I need like I'm in the thirty thirty five degrees. Like I crank that thing, and I'm nice. finding the, the, the soul surfer stance. <laughs> dude, I don't have any leg pain. The problem though <laughs> is that. That tour clip, the clip in the t- like for your toes when you're going in tour mode, it gets uh, in the way. I like to sit way yeah. far back. I don't like a lot of tail, mm-hmm. and and I just tried just now. I was like, well, the stance I really want, I can't have because I can't get my binding back on. 
Right, right, and right. I'm like, this is, you know, Chad. Chad's not happy, so Chad's going to figure something out. <laughs> you know, I want to, especially like, you know, like a, a like the Japao, for example, yours. I'm not going to name any other companies, but I'm not saying this bad because I've never tried yours. But, you know, you want to have that full effect. You need to be back. Like, people don't realize when you're riding a swallowtail, you, as further back you can go, Man, when you hit the POW, it's great. I know Darren had some a little bit of learning curve riding his uh, his, his POW fish yesterday uh, uh-huh. with that because it's a, it's a mindset shift. If you're used to riding a twin or a directional and you go into this like a POW fish of a fish of any kind with a swallowtail, you're going to notice it's like this thing rides different. Like you're, The contact points are different. You know, when you go to lay in that turn, it's, it's in a different area. You, you don't have as much tail to load up. You know, your brain's really got to, you got that's why people need to ride them in the resort, you know, and rail turns, get use of them, get, get your brain knowing, okay, I'm on this board, you know, the computer bank goes in the, pulls out the drawer and goes, right, this is how we ride this one, right? That's kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how exactly. my works, but yeah. Yeah. I like to just readjust it to, yeah, yeah to specific. Because then you and, have yeah, a great time. Right. Like the way, and right, riding different levels of taper, different levels yeah. of side cut, all like, well, yeah. I mean, that's like one of the best tips of an advice for anybody that buys a splitboard is ride it on resort. Like, get used to how a thing rides down. Like, the last thing you want to do is spend an entire day hiking up just to realize that one run. Like, you're like, wait, this thing rides like different. Or well, my stance, or your stance is out because like, it's right. different. Yeah. And take it a step yeah. further. Don't just ride it at the resort. Ski it at the resort as well. That's the next one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, and I'm not saying skinless, you know, like maybe leave your skins on, but just, you know, because I don't think of people a lot, I don't think a lot of people consider the fact that your tour up isn't just always straight up. Sometimes it's uh-huh. traversing and every once in a while you get a little what we call out here, a coolie that you got to drop into, you know, and you got to do a little bit of a descent or a trail that's going to take you down a little bit and you got to learn how to ski that board. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. It's one of the first things uh, YouTube university taught me when I got my first split board was like, you know, (laughs) one of the tips that I saw online, cause I'm like you, you know, I love tech and I love geeking out on stuff. So uh, you know, I got my first splitboard and I got all my gear to go with it right away. And all I did was practice at home with transitions, putting the skins on, taking the skins off, you know, putting them in the pack, how to carry them, all that good stuff. And yeah. a lot of that I learned from YouTube. And one of the first things I learned was go to the resort and learn how to ski that board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about 360 though. It's like, remember how I was telling the story about when my first day skiing? That's the way I. That's the way I felt whenever I would split ski. I'd just put like, point it down and just bail, but it'd be hilarious. Right. I'd be laughing my <laughs> ass off. People'd be like, "Why is Leo laughing?" And he's like stuck in the freaking off the trail way over there. And right, just, right. I'm like, yeah. But I actually started to learn to ski to be a more efficient split skier as well. Ah. Um, this I did this, I started about like three, four years ago and it's, it's been kind of fun because I take out the skis whenever, um, you know, I'm just going to be riding. If I know I'm at, on, going to be on resort, maybe I got some family or some friends in town that never been skiing and it's like, all right, well, I'm going to learn something new too. And mm-hmm. it's like, then started skiing and my goal, one of my goals this year, one of my, one of my, um, objectives is to learn to, to ski and powder. 
uh, and I want to, I want to just bring, you know, I need to get one of these like he, the ski boot bags or whatever and bring them out on my snowmobile. And, uh, you know, because this, sometimes when you're, when you're, you know, making that you're leaving a zone or whatever, um, having to like truly, truly split ski out, like, and ride in powder and, and ski in powder on your split. It's like, it's, it's definitely versus like, okay, I've got this hundred, 200 vertical feet, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to like, am I going to like, you know, of this like flat field to like a little bit of a drop to your, your, your trail, are you going to be, you know, constantly like transitioning back and forth, back and yeah, forth? It's just yeah. like, no, oh, just slap it into ski boat and, and ski it, have fun skiing it too. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's funny cause we, you know, we recorded with Izzy Lazarus and, uh, uh-huh. you know, we asked her to send us some media. Uh, that we could use to to help promote her episode with, and uh, she sent us a video, and I was looking, and she only sent us a couple of videos, and so I was looking through the videos, and I called her out on. I'm like, Izzy, we asked you for media, and you sent us a video of a skier doing ramen noodles down a run, and she's like, that was me on my splitboard, and I'm like, no way, man. She was so charged, charging, just killing. And you could not tell that she was on a splitboard. No, dude. She looked like a, a very like just killing it in the in the powder on skis. I thought I thought it was a skier, but it happened to be her on her splitboard, just murdering the snow. It was insane. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was I'm fantastic. actually yeah, is is he rad? Yeah, yeah, she, she is. is. We had a great conversation with her, but. What I was thinking though, just now as you're talking, like I think the resort here, we like Nighthawk where we ride here, where Darren Coach is at, it's had some problems. There's not a whole lot of resort left, but I think I'm going to start skiing my split. It's definitely, <laughs> I'm, I'm really I mean, not on a regular thing, but it's it's definitely an important skill to oh, to taste days. before you get into, out into the backcountry for sure. And, I like to do um, a lock down my heel though. I'm not like Darren. Darren wants to learn how to do the the carve with the the telemark the telemark I like the telemark the tally turn yeah. yeah that's a whole other skill set man it's not that hard <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> it looks difficult but I'll tell you what's fun <laughs> is what is fun because I've tried this is skiing your split without skins on mm-hmm. what a difference that's that what is. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. I think doing that at the resort yeah. just taking the t-bar up or the saucer. oh you better get some heel lockers in. that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. you'll definitely want heel lockers in <laughs> <laughs> yeah man down definitely want to try that out so yeah so add that to the list of stuff we gotta we'll, we'll do so bring the sleds up to canada we'll that's go. right let's skiing together there you go there you go i know yeah, i know a nice little fire tease. listen don't just say things I, i'm gonna call you out on this I, yeah that's true yeah you gotta be careful leo you <laughs> <laughs> got a brain like an elephant i remember everything it's kind of scary i remember everything that's kind of what uh, so explain when did you guys decide to build skis so this actually started with our founder okay because our founder his he had two sons one of them was a skier and one of them was a snowboarder okay. he was a snowboarder and so you know i mean i i don't have kids but apparently you try to be as equal as possible and um you know, we were we were working on some some tech with our carbon splits uh, that was um, just like ultra lightweight wood core and stuff, and just it's actually just more suitable for skis. And so we were like, eh, let's. Uh, and so so Barry 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 his Clark excuse me 
um, our founder, his name's Barry. Um, Barry uh, was just like, let's just give it a try. Let's fake skis. And so they kind of, you know, sat when I took over the company, it, 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 none of us, like when the, the crew that I brought up, we were all snowboarders. And so we were like, well, I don't know what to do with these things. I was like, I don't know anything about skis. Like we don't know how to sell, them, you know, nothing. So we just kind of just kind of tabled it. And then about four years ago, we brought on um, an intern in that he was like, he did both, you know, um, he was by schedule. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. And, and <laughs> That's so funny. He, he, um, he uh, and so he kind of like was, we were kind of like, hey, we've, we've had this in like the R&D closet. I mean, we've had like, we even had made these things for production and let's just refine them, you know, because anybody that had actually ridden those like first generation ones were like, these are like super light. They're super fun. Um, and but we were just like, I have no clue, no clue, no clue. So uh, as we kind of grew and, and, and our crew just had, we started to have more uh, knowledge base on these skis. And so they started to refine it. And we even brought on another, another person. He, you know, mostly does a lot of events, but he's also, he's primarily a skier and he works as a tech as well. And, and so, you know, our, our knowledge base within skis. And one of the things that I thought was, was, was kind of interesting was when we started looking at our line and we started looking at like the, you know, our, what we do as, as like, um, and when we realized we were more of a backcountry company because right. of all the education stuff, because of all the community stuff that, um, and just all the education, everything that we we're doing, working with Airy, you know, supporting, you know, working with guide ops, uh, doing all this like backcountry education stuff. We were getting a lot of skiers that were coming to our splitboard 101s because we we're only talking about skiing for or splitboarding for like five minutes, like 10 minutes being like, here's the splitboard. And then the rest of it was completely relevant to like skiers. And so, you know, we were just kind of realized we might. You know, I think we were like, you know what, like there's more in common with backcountry skiers than perhaps we have with like freestyle park riding and and just kind of had this kind of epiphany that like, hey, we've got we've had these skis in you know, on, on the shelves kind of collecting dust and, you know, all the specs and drawings and stuff. Now we finally have people that understand ski construction, ski engineering, uh, so on and so forth. And, you know, and half the people that we market to are probably, you know, no, are, are, or no skiers too. So it's like, let's, you know, let's, let's get into this. And so, so, you know, we just kind of, took the dive or it's a little bit of a slow slow burn we only have like three models that are that are like kind of coming out right mm -hmm. now there we, we started with only two yeah um, i'm just seeing two on your website right now yeah so we have a 95 waist coming out i don't think it's next next no it's not next season it's 22 23 i get my year so mixed up well, yeah because mm -hmm. you're like, so in the future well you're already thinking yeah. 22 right yeah no he's yeah, 20, exactly. 22 23 already a guarantee oh yep. yeah 22 oh, yeah. 23 so next year is already like set in stone already we're already like kind of nice. behind the ball especially even when it comes to like trying to figure out all the prototyping stuff you have to we're always working like three lines oh three yeah years of production it's at crazy a time. back yeah. in the 90s we were just a season ahead that's it that's all you could handle yeah. now 
you know, everybody wants, production wants, further, further, further ahead. So, you know, yesterday we were, we went riding, and we were, we're going to talk about it again, but we went out riding, and we were in the lift line, and Darren and I were, like, hanging out, talking, and all of a sudden I seen this guy's skis, and he's got, he had swallowtail skis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, man, poor guy wishes he had a snowboard. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But all the power to you, right? Like, that's great. So, you know, the skier snowboarding hate needs to stop because everybody shares yeah. technology. Enjoy it. Man, that guy yesterday. It, I, I love how you, you say it, it, needs to, it needs to end. It does. You're the guy yeah, you're no, perpetuating I, it, though. No, I'm not. It's, that's, Recon, that's, I'm, with, I'm totally with you because it's, it's old. like it's not old. Not only did that, you know, did I, I always felt bad about like this whole like snowboarder skier, but it's like, yeah. we have so much more in common, like than we have different. And, and, and even within like the industry, it is kind of, you know, you do have some companies that have like both, but they treat them as like, Separate. you know, completely different entities. Yeah. And it's like. You know, we're trying to kind of, as Weston, we're trying to just say we're more of a backcountry company. We're more of a free ride company than we are just a snowboard company, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and the, so that's where we're trying to kind of say, you know what? Like, let's just, you know, this is, it's 2021. It's like the age of inclusion. It's the age of, you know, of let's break down these barriers. We have more in common as, as just people in general than we have differences. Like, you know, and so with, with the whole, and I, you know, when it, when it comes to like touring partners and when you're out in the backcountry and all the stuff, it's like, oh, it's, it's, you're, we're all going to be out there doing the same thing, enjoying the same stuff. Um, you know, yeah. Maybe I can't can't stand on a snowmobile as good as well as I do. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I think we we we'd like to, you know, we I think it's all we're we're all having fun just riding snow, right? Yeah. So it's, why, I'm getting why? over it, man. It's coming together. I mean, we it. we rode with a guy all day oh yesterday who was who was just shredding the skis and not only was he shredding it, and he was a young guy too, twenty mid twenties yeah. at the best, probably. Um, but he had, he was still like what a month into a a, a high humorous fracture. So he had uh -huh. his one arm in a sling, <laughs> and he was one one pull, and he was just sending it like off at everything, it, like spinning and uh -huh. hitting jumps, yeah, spinning. Like everybody's like, like Scott, stop, Scott, stop, stop, Scott. We're gonna leave you at, gonna leave you at home next time, Scott. Stop. <laughs> but he was killing it. What a fun dude, man! Oh, and man. he was just he. It was just. I don't know. It was, just, it was a really good group. Yesterday. He has the lone really skier, where usually it's like the lone snowboarder amongst the skiers. Usually, right? <laughs> it was great. Yeah. You know, he was great. Yeah. Just all about the stoke. It's just being stoked about snow. That's exactly, it. exactly. I'm changing. Like, heck, I'm changing. I even love. I was watching. You know, I'll watch like uh, dude the ski movies, I'm and with I you. get just as pumped. I know. I'm just like. Especially when they got never those thought. like wide angle heli views yep. and stuff like that. You're just like, that could just as easily be a snowboard. Yeah. Well, there's one guy, I can't remember his name now. I think I've talked about him on the show before. There's one young guy I watched out of France and he rides with all the snowboarders. And when you watch him ride his skis, like, man, he's just like, he's hitting stuff that skiers wouldn't do. Like he's, and it's like, man, he's loving the mountain in a different mindset, which is beautiful. Okay. Yeah open up your mind. I'm the same way with snowboarding. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to open my mind up, be more, you know, enjoy the skiers as well. And I'm going to ski my 
freaking split. And- okay, I'll admit I'm seeing that, Chad. I'm seeing that through 42 episodes now that you're coming around. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I still around. taught my son that he, my son gets mad at me because you're going to do what? Those are two plank wankers. You can't be sad. <laughs> I've, I've taught my son well. The hatred's deep in my little kid. Uh, <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> Uh, it's I know. Okay. Show show them the way. We I can know. all grow. I know. Can't That's we right. all just get along? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> just keep your poles in hand. I need your poles to help me get out of this the shitty spots. Exactly. It's all good. It's all good. At the end of the day, man, we're just all getting fun, having fun out there, and it's all good. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. High fives all around. That's right. So, what do you where do you see, um, like Weston moving? Like what's going on down the road? Like, cause you're already seeing 2023. You're seeing, and I know you can't give any trade secrets, but what are you seeing? Again, more just subtle, subtle changes. Is that what's going on, or refining the line a bit more? I yeah, we're definitely refining the line. Um, you know, we're I I would love to see just like find more big steps when it comes to to the split board tech as well, because I, and, and just to see where that, that can potentially go. Yeah. Um, and you know, with Weston, like I, I kind of feel like what I would love to see more of and what we are pretty actively doing is to really focus on just the love of backcountry mm-hmm. and the love of riding powder. And, you know, at the end of the day, like what we're doing is is we're just we're selling purveyors of stoke hopefully in you know in all of these different forums and we're 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 really doing that through you know we're not just about i mean we don't have like you know huge like big name pros on our team we're we're just a bunch of like people that just love to shred you know, and it's not just like, and, and, you know, some of our best athletes are like computer programmers by day, like, you know, the big mountain, you know, big mountain riders by, you know, by weekend. And it's like, and, and to me, like, that's kind of where we want to kind of progress our sport to kind of make, to make a lot of what we do seemingly more attainable, you know, that it's not just about, these you know himalayan mountain peaks or or you know these like kind of unexplored places in peru it's like it's like hey what what is the line that that it that you know that you've just been looking at maybe you just drove by it and 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 helping really foster this community a different kind of community that is you know just kind of the way that the world is is heading is a little bit more in in tune with with kind of creating an environment where it's almost like more mentorship, less gatekeeping, you know, it's just an environment where, where we're more together as we are separate Mm -hmm. and that this community, to me, if it would be a big win, if the backcountry community were like a skate park, you know, and just Mm. having that, that kind of vibe of like, and even within snowmobiling too, I would love to just see just everybody kind of enjoying this and and uniting under this common cause of really just of just 
spreading and creating our sport so that the future generation can enjoy it. I mean, you know, there's so many issues at play that as an industry we need to address that it's it's not going to be about about like, oh, who's you know, throwing the biggest trick. Oh, who's got the gnarliest video part? It's going to be addressing these big issues when it comes to keeping public lands public. When it comes to how can we make sure that they're what that you know we're this addressing climate change and you know the like what like Jeremy Jones is doing and yeah. and really you know I've got a lot of props to that guy because he's using his platform to really try to change the messaging and change the tone of the way that we see our sport and the, and the privilege that we have of just being able to do this and the responsibility we have towards mother nature and 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 so you know when we when I think about the backcountry too I think about the safety you know I I really wish that that we can come out of this as better stewards, more educated, uh, more responsible about our lands, um, and just more even, I don't even know what the word, more safer-ist, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and just that we're, we're more mindful about these things because, you know, there's, there's no reason we should have so many avalanche deaths and whatnot. And, and so it's kind of like, and that's what, to me, that's what the future of Weston is. And what we do to support that is through boards and skis and gear, mm-hmm. you know? It's mm-hmm. about our, it's just as much, if not more, about our causes and what we want to see the future of brands to be about, to be these collective brands. And, and I, 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 you know, I have so much love for, for my local Colorado companies as well, you know, with Venture and Eversummer. And, you know, and it's not, and to me, that's kind of what it's about. It's not about trying to come up on by pushing others down it's kind of like it's come let's come up together and if we can do this together then we can address these bigger issues within particularly for us because we're more within that backcountry segment in terms of that stewardship of the land and so on and so forth but it affects all riders right and so and and that's where i really hope is just we can be more unified we can be more educated we can be more mindful about about how as um our relationship if you will between like with snowboarding and these kind of bigger 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 issues that that we all have to come together to face and it doesn't help when it's like okay let's you know how can i one up the next person yeah it's just, i find that's that that mentality is changing with the industry so that's a it's a great yeah. great thing to hear let's uh, let's yeah. dig in a little bit about leo's backpack what maybe maybe even like let's talk a bit about kind of what do you ride base layer what are you doing for your gear let's talk a little bit about uh-huh. that even even for like on the sled your ski and your snowboard this if i could leave with if if anybody that's listening to this can remember one thing bring a pair of dry socks because <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing i love getting into dry socks at the end of a tour there's well, no, guess what? like when you get back to the car you're just like ah nice dryer socks but so so, real, so we're gonna stop you there at the socks because smart wool, <laughs> smart wool is sending you a pair uh-huh. of free socks <laughs> awesome so, sponsor you know smart will wants to get you out longer staying out more fun staying dry that's the whole that's their whole motto and um yeah. so you're gonna get a free pair of socks nice (laughs) 
yeah, they're they're another Colorado company too. So um, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> so with, 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 with my so with my layering, I I'm all about more layers because you can always adjust and tweak. Right. And I, I I have just such a you know weird kind of it's 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 pretty not weird i think it's pretty standard you know like that i have like my shell my hard shell i have a puffy um i have a and the, what i vary the most is the mid layer mm-hmm. um you know because i have all depending on kind of if i even plan on wearing the puffy um it's usually always with me but um it's you know do i have a thick mid layer or do i have like a thin kind of yeah mid-layer? we just experienced that this weekend actually well yeah had a like discussion, I, I should say i'm a, I'm a layer freak as Same well here, like buddy. i i'm big into the techie layers i love it and uh love to go with the the thin base and then a good mid the and then smart wool stuff we got was freaking amazing outrageous yeah and then I'd love to throw in like a, another thicker layer in the pack just in yeah. case I want it, you know, oh, as well yeah. as the puffy. So nothing like no, no heavy, no heavy Sherpa fleece type thick layer, but, um, right. but just another heavier mid layer that I can throw on top if I need to. Exactly. And that for me, that's usually my puffy or if I'm wearing my puffy, I'll throw like my thinner one. And so it's, I'm always trying to kind of balance it out based on like where, yeah, and then if I'm touring too, that's a kind of a different. You know, I always start cold, um, but I, I call it like the hundred meter shed. Right. Who's going yeah. to succumb first to the hundred meter shed? <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a great point, man. I love how you put that the hundred meter shed because that is <laughs> the, the first tour that I ever did started out in uh, what you guys call negative twenty, but what we call minus twenty up here, so uh, <laughs> minus twenty Celsius or centigrade, however you want to look at it. Um, yeah. We started, it was a dark start, started out minus 20, uh, going up the trail. Uh, there was a lot of suffering with the gloves, right? Man, right. hands were, toes and fingers were freezing, but that first 100 meters, it was like, ah, oh, got to stop and take a layer off now, right? Now you're into yeah. it, and now you're starting to get the blood flowing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of gloves, though, I, I'm, a, I'm, I've usually, I've got kind of a glove, you know, I've got my cold winter ones just in case I got to do like an overnighter, but you know, thin layers, like, I've, you know, I usually rock like leather, you know, that's, that's my jam. Even with snowmobiling, it's just like that, that grip and, but yeah, I mean, yes. that's one of the things from dealing with like rescues and, you know, scenarios, like having a good pair of like thin base layer gloves is like, that's the, that's. That's, that's that's why you no need the measure. ones that have the the battery powered, heatable. You hit the button on the remote. They're charging. They're warming up. That's the way I like to just comfort tech. Take advantage of it. Yeah, <laughs> suffer. We suffer enough going up the mountain. Like uh, you know, I'm always I'm with you, Leo. I'm I'm like on the tour up. It's a thin pair of gloves because I'm usually I'm heating up so good, right? And I'm a mitts guy. I like my mitts. Yeah, um, too, but right. when it comes to the tour up, I like my gloves and it's usually yeah. just a thin layer glove, you know, not too thin, like not a liner glove, but, uh, but not something that's got like a hundred grams of polar tech in it or something like that. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, usually just, uh, yeah, you know, like, I, you know, we, we did a, an episode with the, with, um, Cam Fields from Giver and so, 
you know, he hooked us up with some gloves and I'm liking my giver gloves going up the hill. Like I noticed you guys sell Kinko gloves. Is that whose gloves? Yeah. You guys are? Yeah. You know, so or that's our, our version of, or your will. version yeah. of, yeah. So similar yeah. to that, you know, same kind of idea. I love those for the tour up works really well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But for the ride down, a mitts, a mitts all the way. The, hot <laughs> the, yeah. the, the warming uh, packs are in the, 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 uh, I got the, the ones where you open up the tops and you can put a hot shot brand. I don't know. Hot shot in the hand top. warmer. Hand sure. warmer. Yeah, sure. it works. Yeah. Like that. I, you know, another, another one that I've really is like a, a good touring hat. And yeah. we actually got into, we were like tweaking because the thing that, because uh, I, 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 I would always dangle my hat on my pack because mm-hmm. I didn't want to mess up the bill. Right. Well, because if it's right. when it's wet and sweaty, and you throw it in your pack, and then you forget about it, and if it freezes, and all Crushes. of a sudden you've got this like funky like bill, mm, man. So we we actually tweaked some uh, um, like cycling hats and give it a longer bill so it could just kind of like you know cover the shade a little bit better. But then you can crunch it, crush down like the hat and still. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like moisture wicking kind of stuff too. It's not as like. But you can stuff it in your pack and not worry about it getting all messed up, right? And you throw exactly. it out. Yeah, pull it out, throw it on. It wicks, but it keeps the sun off your nose and off your neck and all that good stuff, right? Exactly. And then, I mean, with even, I think like everybody's face max game has probably been stepped up due to COVID. And no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of feel like. You know, and when you're talking about like layering there, I usually even have like a few different layers of like baseball. I've got like my thin kind of buff, like, okay, let's, let's rock this one. Oh, if the wind comes up, I'm going to bust out like the fleece one that might have been like, you know, been protecting my, my, uh, uh my sunnies or something like that. So that's been, oh, and yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm looking at your, on your site on the apparel, you guys got the Weston W face mask and then you have the function face mask, which I notice is like, it's a different material. Hey, like it's yep. uh it's a little perforated. Yep. yep. There, Another so... Colorado company too. Got to yeah, oh, okay, sweet. Give, give ourselves Excellent. a you know, group come together here. Yeah, um, yeah. So, it, and they, they use, uh, they, they make all their stuff out of like recycled material too, which is really killer. Cool. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. What about and so? Yeah, that's like that next level, right? Yeah. And as a snowmobiler too, like if you're and if you're ever into like sled ski, and I always like the the little thin buffs. Like if if you're getting towed behind a snowmobile and uh, got blasted uh, with that debris, right. oh my gosh, you are you're in for a world of hurt if you don't have like a thicker face mask. It just like it, you will get like it's like a shotgun blast in yeah, the yeah. face. <laughs> oh my gosh! And like if you've ever done any sort of like toe in jumping, like off of like some like oh you you just have to like bear with it. You're just like okay, I gotta go like zero to forty in like you know in a hundred feet here, and so you're gonna be right behind that snowmobile. You can't get away from it. Well, you hold your breath and squint your eyes. Yeah, just for dear life until that snowmobile takes off and you can let go and you're you know you're flying towards whatever feature you're about to hit. It's been so yeah, having a good face mask game is is pretty important. Good call, good call. (laughs) What about your snack? What about your snack game? Fruit snacks. Fruit snacks. I'm a fruit snack guy. You know, Um, uh, we were just joking about this before too, but one of our our, our like brand experience man, he's like our main event guy. He's big into bacon, like backcountry bacon, <laughs> like pocket pocket bacon. 
right? Like he he'll just bust it out. He's in a Ziploc bag. He's just like, oh, you know. Fuck. We just had this <laughs> discussion just... on the last chat we did, and oh. it was all about pocket bacon. Because I've heard of pocket <laughs> bacon. They fucking and, boiled and chocolate. I, bacon. So I love bacon. Jesus I'm a bacon Christ. freak. And uh, <laughs> so my son and I, you know, I'd heard of this chocolate bacon. Have you ever heard of chocolate covered bacon? I am thinking about it now. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. Wait oh, till you dude, listen, you got to do it. Listen Just to the last episode. Get some, get some good thick cut <sighs> bacon. You know, cook it to the point where it's, you know, it's not, it's not floppy anymore, but it's not full on crispy yet. Cook yeah. it right to that point. Don't Let it cool. Second. Let it cool. Uh, just get some chippets. <laughs> Throw them in a little. Like make your own little double boiler. You know, like glass bowl with some boiling water. Here, here we and go. Melt your chips oh. and then just dip your pieces of bacon. Fondue. They only have to be about three inches long. Dip them in, let them cool in the freezer, you know, throw them in the freezer, let them cool real quick. So good, man. So good. Well, that's hilarious. Uh, mine is a, I, is a pocket sausage, right? So I get a, like a summer sausage. <laughs> and nice. I, I kid you not. So this, I, I showed up to my brother's house one day, like after uh, a day in the backcountry, and I pulled out the pocket sausage like it was the most normal thing ever. And it was just like, you guys want some sausage? And just like pulled it out of my my bibs, you know, out of my little my cargo pocket. And my brother's uh, brother's wife, my sister in law, was just like, did he just pull a sausage <laughs> out of his pocket? And and, and and every year since, they've gotten me a pocket sausage for Christmas. That's awesome. That's like, <laughs> so that that's my snack. It's fruit snacks and pocket sausage. And I've been really big on this, like uh, the hot dogger on my snowmobile. Like these. Oh yeah, that, like, the you, cooker. Yeah, yeah. They, they they hook up to. And the funniest. One of the funniest threads that I'd ever read on, on social media was in the snowmobiling forum. And somebody was like, what do you put in your hot dogger? And like, you've got all these like sled necks that are like getting Martha Stewart on, <laughs> you know, hot dogger like techniques. Right. Like, I'd like to do Totino's and I'll bake them first before I drop them in there. And so that way the insides is like perfect and like all the and the thing you can share them well too i'm just like in my mind i've got this like one tooth like sled neck that's like trying to give advice <laughs> like some, some hot dog or recipe i'm just like oh my gosh this is hilarious so that's been my uh, my 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 hot dogger is uh is uh is cocktail wieners like this little oh. like little little smokies and because like you can share them around like sure. pretty easily yeah, and they like heat up pretty well. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we got um, Sans Meal Bars. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them before, but they're gonna send you a pack of twelve Sans Meal Bars nice. to try out. So let us know what you feel, how you feel about them. They're a low sugar, no syrup, all natural, gluten free, and um, yeah, we're gonna get nice. you. We're gonna get you some, and we're actually gonna have the ability to give ten of them away for free. You have to go to sandsmealbars.com slash darkstarts. Anybody can go in there, enter in the forum. Uh, the first 10 people will get them for free, and then the next 20 people will pay two, $3 to have two shipped to you. So you're just paying for the – they're just going to pay for the postage. So that will be available. You go to, to sandsmealbars.com slash darkstarts. Hey, just to clarify that sandsmealbar. Oh, bar, bar, not S. Sorry. No S on the My end. bad. Perfect. There you go. Nice. So you'll get a bar. Gotta keep them in your pocket, though. 
That's, yeah, that's exactly. Why that's that's the that's the that's the yeah. secret beta on the bars. You got to keep them in the pocket. Yeah. So if you're like, if you're not pork friendly and you can't carry pocket bacon, carry a pocket <laughs> Sands meal that's, bar. That's me. <laughs> bacon, I'm all about the bacon. Bro. Bacon makes my day bad. If they make a <laughs> chocolate covered bacon flavor, I'm down. No, oh, it just it'll be just more artificial. Try it, Leo. Chocolate covered bacon. It's easy. I'm on it. I got to. I got to tell uh, tell our our dude Ben about the chocolate. He he just got one up right there. So. The you know the the key is your the chocolate that you're using. It's the chocolate that you're using. Right, here we go again. And it's got to be thick thick cut bacon. Fuck. It just makes it so much better. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's too funny. Uh, Works well. So, what else you got in your pack? How do you pack your water on your? Do you have slide? anything? Do you have anything that's just Leo in the pack? You know what? Yeah. Like not the same kind of stuff that everybody else carries. Like forget about like the food. Like a bajillion belay straps. Like yeah, or so whatever. Hot tea. That's one that I and and I, I, maybe it's because I'm Chinese, but it's got to be like good tea. But I, there's something about hot tea that I just really enjoy. It's, like, and you're uh, not alone on that, Leo. There's a lot of people who do that when uh-huh. we talk to people. But it, I guess it everybody's got their own kind of tea that they like. So are you like you? You said maybe because you're Chinese, is it green tea? Is that what you like? Like a good jasmine, green tea a or jasmine, jasmine tea? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like a good green tea okay. for sure. Yeah, my it's wife's not the, the same way. Stuff, the yeah. leaf, leaf green tea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got to take the tea leaves out before you're too yes, otherwise it gets it, too strong. Yeah. it's cool. You can let it soak for it's like too acidic. You know, let it seep yeah. for a while, but you can't. Exactly. You got to you got to take it out before the tour. I like the jasmine oh. teas way better personally. Yeah. The green tea with the jasmine flavored. I like those. They're oh. good. Yeah. Boy, but what would be, you know, I mean, on the snowmobile I've been putting a bladder in my in my tunnel bag because the tunnel actually gets hot and so it keeps it like and then that way I can just pull the little tube out and just don't oh, even yeah. have to open up the bag. But are you, um, so are you drinking warm water then, or yeah. which is probably good, right? Because you're adding some warmth to the core that way. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Same same idea as uh, a tea, really, in the long run. What about uh, what about cameras? Like, do you carry a GoPro? Are you that kind of guy, or? Uh... I uh, do, do any POV? marketing guys dismay. I am like the worst person. <laughs> I know I've been hunting like for a video content. of you right now. <laughs> I think I got an email too, especially from from oh, Sean, yeah. our marketing guy. Oh, that was yeah. like, "Oh, you better bring out that GoPro." Yep. And I even put it in my bag, and I brought it, and I didn't even I forgot to put it in the truck. I was just like, "Dang it, sorry, Sean." I know GoPro. <laughs> GoPro is like I'm a hit and miss guy too. Like I rode all day yesterday with my GoPro in my pocket and didn't pull it out once. Yeah, but the weather was but, really uh, rough. Though, yeah, yesterday. it was not great visibility. No. That's for sure. Um, yeah, because we have a show sponsor, Ken Ockenbach, uh, Camp of Champions. You know, legacy Ken Ockenbach. Uh, he's got a company called Pro Standard, and he's a friend of the show. And um, he's got a thing called the Grill Mount. That uh, is a GoPro accessory. So you attach your GoPro to it and you bite down on it, kind of like a mouth guard in a way. So now you're holding your your GoPro basically is attached to a mount that you're holding in your teeth. Uh, So plus minus, I mean, plus on it is uh, when you're biting down on something like that, it really helps your body, helps stabilize your body, as well as the, the, the grill mount is a great way to have good steady video. Because your head yeah. is the best gimbal. Yeah. So it's a so pretty true. sick little device, yeah. and it makes it really convenient. So Pro Standard is going to send you a grill mount. 
We're going to get you a grill mount. So we just need to know what color you want. Black uh, or Black white. or white. Ah, uh, black. Black. Boom. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, yeah, so black one. So yeah, we just we just set one up. We just sent our, uh, we got a bunch of them in the in the mail here, and um, it's really easy. You just you, you just take your little boiler, you get the little kettle, get it hot, put in a little cup of water, and just dip the tabs. There's gonna be two orange tabs. You dip them in the water for about forty five seconds to a minute. Pull them out, bite down, and man, you can breathe. You can the talking's a bit muffled, but still pretty good. You can and still the, tell your GoPro to turn on yeah. and to record. Yeah, so you're getting one of those. Cool. So you have no excuses um, now for footage. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Let's see. What else? That, I, you know, that's... I, I, I guess I don't really have anything, like, crazy unusual. I don't... You know, I, I saw some people when I was, like, skinning up in uh, Teton National Park. They had, like... They were, like, teddy bears. What? Poking out the back. Oh, I've seen that before. My buddy did that. I was what? Like, teddy bears buddy? poking out the back of their yeah. pack? Yeah, my buddy Evan yeah. did that. He had a whole teddy bear. I was like, yeah. I was a little bit confused. I was like, huh. I was like, is this like a... As I am now. What's, what's the point? It's a plush thing. I don't, I don't know. He had his teddy bear. When we went on our tour, well, not tour, we went uh, catboarding. He had his teddy bear strapped to the back, not in the bag. He had it outside. I'm like, why do you have your teddy bear? He's like, I don't know. It's a thing. I'm like, okay, dude. Somebody's got some issues. <laughs> Unless it's a Grateful Dead thing. Uh, could be that. Was it a dancing bear? <laughs> no. It was just a run of the mill. Yeah, that I would be okay with. If that's a dancing bear, cool, dude. I understand. <laughs> but otherwise, like what? Eh, each their own. Yeah. Go but you don't have a teddy bear. Negative. <laughs> negative. <laughs> negative. Big negative on that one. <laughs> What's not, up? No hating. If you got a no, teddy no. bear. Teddy bear on, I suppose. But, oh, yeah. I'm not but, hating. I'm that just was, that was, curious. That was the most. Yeah, that that was what I was like. I was trying. I almost was tempted to catch up to them, to like ask the question. Be like, so what's up with the bear? Oh. I'll have to ask my buddy, so he'll tell me what's up. I don't know if he still rocks the bear, but he used to rock the bear in the backcountry all the time. Bizarre. What are um? What do you do for communication? Or you just like what do you? How do you keep? Uh, I'm a BC. I got a BCA. Um, yeah. I I think communications are just just key. Yeah. Well, you know, and I bet I bet you use that a lot when you're sledding too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah, it's because you it's easy to get separated sometimes, and I know, like even yesterday with the we had nine of us riding through the trees yesterday, and so it was it was a bit of a challenge, you know, sometimes to make sure like. Chad, are you stuck in a tree again back there? Oh, I hit <laughs> like trees. I hit everything. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Fuck it, hit it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> just making sure that everybody's with the group and having ready. It's funny because, uh, I you know I've thought about that lots of times, especially with my kids. You know, going to a place like where we were yesterday because it's a place that gets a lot of pow. In fact, it's called Powder King for that reason. <laughs> and so tree wells are an issue. So I remember the first time I took my kids there, it was it was all about me staying above my kids. You know, making sure that they were, uh, I knew where they were, right? And getting separated easily. But uh, I never consider the radio thing 
at a resort, but the, the group that we were riding with yesterday had radios and they were talking back and forth every once in a while. But in the back country, the groups that I've been with in the back, back country have never been so big and, uh, it's never been the, the kind of area that's been too much of a concern of, but, uh, mm-hmm. I do love the idea though. And those BCA radios are ideal. Hey, like the way that the, uh, basically the heart of the radio goes in your pack and you just have the mic attached to your shoulder and you can change channels and everything right there. Yeah, exactly. So you can kind of keep it, keep it like as far away from your, your, your beacon beacon. as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is ideal, especially with the phones and everything. Like, I mean, you think about all the devices you got. Oh, man. You've got a GoPro that can connect Bluetooth to your phone, which you have also there, and you've got the radio and the beacon. And uh, do you carry an an in-reach, like a a GPS, like an SOS type thing? I do, yeah. Yeah, so... Just another device, hey? Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, I mean, that one you don't really just, you just turn on when you need it. Right. So it's not like ongoing, like electrical interference as everything else is. But I always shut my, I put my phone off. Yeah. Yeah. One less thing. And also just if you do need it for emergency, the last thing you want it to do is to be dead on you. Dead battery. Um, yeah, yeah, I have an exactly. issue. With, I've, I'm an iPhone guy, and so I always have an issue with iPhones in the cold. So never. I've gotten in the habit of sticking toe warmers to the back of my phone case. <laughs> it keeps my battery warm, and it and it keeps it keeps it alive that way. I don't know. I saw that, and I was like, "What? I don't have that issue." It works ideally, man. It's just I do all the time. I mean, as a coach on the hill, uh, our rule here is that we'll ride uh, as long as it doesn't feel like is as long as the weather isn't colder than feels like minus 30 then our hill is open and we still ride (laughs) kids complain about it like it's minus 20 and we're still out here and i'm like hey it's where you live man this is what we ride in uh, it's it's this or nothing go home you know i mean the hill closes when it feels like minus 30 so when the wind chill is cold enough but uh but in those kind of temps my phone just never survives unless i stick that toe warmer to it and those toe yeah. warmers are adhesive, right? Smack sticks right on there and works really well. That's that's Darren's right pro tip. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have that problem, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I got the older phone because I'm cheap. Uh, yeah, I'm not carrying the big, massive phone. <laughs> I'm still, still rocking yeah. the iPhone 8. <laughs> What's I your... do rock, except for in the springtime when I have like, when I'm, on like bigger missions and stuff. I usually rock a vest. Mm. I have a Dakai Mamut vest because, you know, I'm a firm believer that like what you can't reach, you don't use. Right. Yeah. So I like having like everything just right there. Yeah. You know, I've thought about one of those. I got to go look at them. You know, that's an interesting point that you bring up Leo, because that is a challenge. Hey, like when it comes to packs, so I was on a tour the other day, well, a couple of weeks ago, actually. So I was on a tour a couple of weeks ago and, and, one of the guys I was riding with has a Dekine Heli Pro, uh, 20 liter pack, right? So he's like, Darren, man, what size is your pack? He's like, I need to get a bigger pack, you know? And I'm like, uh, mine's like, I'm riding a Jones higher pack. Uh-huh. So an older pack, so it's 30 liter. Um, and he's like, yeah, man, I'm just, I just got this Heli Pro. It's just too small. And I'm like, be careful what you wish for, man, because when you go with a bigger pack, it means you what? can stuff more stuff into it, which means it gets heavier and it gets bulkier. You know, and that's, yeah, now you can carry a lot more stuff, but that's not good, you know, always. I think, you know, carry a smaller pack when you can and learn to minimize the amount of stuff that you carry because it's just going to make your day a lot more comfortable that way. Yeah, 
Yeah. And potentially exactly. maybe people would argue that it's not going to make your day more comfortable because if shit hits the fan, then I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And that is my problem too. I'm the guy who'd rather have it, not need it than need it and not have it. Uh, yeah. So I like yeah. to, that's yeah. my problem with the bigger pack though. You know, I get a bigger pack and I'm like, stuff this, stuff this. And then I'm complaining the whole time that my pack is too big and heavy. So I, I like the vest idea and I get it. I totally get it. I totally understand it. I but think at the you same gotta go time, the vest so that way you minimize how much you bring. Yeah. But then to me, it's like, it's a little claustrophobic because now I get the vest over top of my jacket and I got to deal with that. And I'm not a big fan of that idea. So I don't know. I'll we'll try it out. We'll it, to each his own, you know, and figure yeah. out what works for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm a fan of. I've got like every pocket like maximum. <laughs> and I, I, but the thing is, is, I know exactly where everything is. Like, but what's important, Leo, can... is how many of those pockets have bacon in them. Fuck. Oh no! Wait, sausage. Sausage. Pockets. That's always in the pants. It's always in the knee pocket. Right there, there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> dun, dun. Easy, easy access. That's right. Yeah, when you're sledding, it's easy. It's right there in the That's thigh. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. What's um? What do you like for tuning your snowboard? What's kind of some of the tricks and tips you got for tuning? Yeah, waxing, tuning. What's kind of your uh, your go to, and what do you do? You know, I'm I'm not very much. A, you know, I know a lot of people that'll like mix like blend wax and oh yeah, like, oh gotta get the cold. I'm not one oh, of those yeah. guys. Uh, I'm just uh you know keep it you know put it on every you know five or six. And oh. Pick. Fix, fix your, I'm, I'm a big, per, big advocate of just like fix it right away, you know, especially like when it comes to like core shots and stuff like that. Like oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know what you mean. P-taxing the base if you screwed it up or if you yeah, hit something, yeah. Exactly. Because it just, it'll just get worse. Oh, yeah. yeah and I, I always have a knife, dude, to just like cut out it. like, exactly. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm probably not super religious about keeping my stuff like super super dialed dude yeah um i mean that's kind of i mean part of it is because i have like four or five different boards like this all sitting in a board bag in the back of my truck me too it's just it's my quiver you know i've got my quiver connectors my caracor quiver connectors on them and i just well what's the day and so like maybe each board doesn't i mean it seems like a total you know good problem to have but it's like i don't, right. I don't be, as such like my boards get less number of total number of days in and i'm always looking at the base and like that looks pretty good mm-hmm. and i usually give it I'll, I'll bring them all out like and i'll and i'll tune them all like once maybe twice a season uh and just do them all at the same time okay well we're gonna get you some wax we're going to get you with three pieces of like a, it's called the universal. So it's got your universal wax, your spring wax, and your colder temperature wax. Sport is going to provide you with a pack of blister wax. Um, yeah, we're going to get that sent out to you. So you have no excuses anymore. You can wax one, you know, try blending it, you know, try one not blended, one blended. I know really good wax to look for is some graphite. If you're going to be riding the backcountry lot, just a little smidge down the down the middle of the board of graphite uh, yeah, yeah graphite wax and rock that in there i know you got a lot of black bases on your boards and yeah. also with that centered as well it, it just takes that static out so if you're looking at a good fluffy day it'll just uh-huh. like yeah just that little bit of static it's like you're like even when you're out riding of the day yesterday or we, you could rub a bounce sheet on the base of your board <laughs> can you no i'm kidding i'm kidding fabrics <laughs> off right <laughs> i just noticed yesterday i was falling everywhere because when we got to stop somewhere we would get we'd all clutter together 
I'd still have like ball bearings under my feet. And I'm like, yeah, I can't stop. Even though I'm standing still, I'm still sliding because like my wax is too on point, I guess. Oh, another uh, good problem to have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you speed check too much and then you're like, oh, he's too slow to the jump. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're charging at it, right? But yeah. So yeah, we'll get you some wax. You can give that a bit of a whirl, see how you like those. And um, yeah, more gifts coming. Sweet. Yeah, dude. So, um, I don't know. What else can we talk about? I know we could talk tech all day. You have- I think we're good. I think we're good, eh? Like, this is... Uh, Next, this we got to go riding, Leo. That's what. That's it. You got to get your, your I know. Tr- truck and sled over here, and we got to go play in... Uh, I think in that's it. The yeah. Westin Tour. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. We I'm will, dreaming. We will no take doubt. videos up. Yeah. Hold up for too long. I know, way too long. Way too long. <sighs> I know, I hear you on that one. We're not even a... Well, I mean, okay, we're coming up on a year now, hey? It's 10 months. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. I don't see it. I don't see an end. God, I hope you're wrong, man, when you guys are talking about it being the norm or, <sighs> you know, kind of... I really do. This has been silliness, I'm you know. You. Like I'm with you. I'm over pulling it. up to a store and oh, I gotta have my mask. Yeah. That's right. I went to the liquor store to pick up some Fernie beer before we got the show on the road, and I was like, "Damn it, no mask! Gotta put the jacket up." And I walk over the counter. Can I get a mask? <laughs> and there's like nobody in the store, but that's okay. Oh man, so over it. Oh well, craziness. Well, Leo, it's been it's been rad having you on. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your sled tour to talk to <laughs> us man, from your remote location there in Summit County. Yeah, man, awesome. absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, wow, man. Anytime, stoked. anytime. It was fun to learn uh, a little bit more about you and a little bit more about Weston and and what you guys are doing there. I love what you guys are doing there. I love the whole education section that's on your website. Yeah. So everybody, make sure you go and check out WestonBackcountry.com and and get your fill of what's on that website. Yeah. Got to get some Canada, Canadian guides on your website, Leo. He does. <laughs> He's got Adam Zock coming up on oh. the Slay at Home yeah. series oh. from yeah, Revelstoke. Right. Yeah. yeah we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get Adam, Adam I on I actually the show. just signed up for that. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll get nice. it. We'll, but it's on a Thursday, and I'm coaching, and I'm on the hill. Oh. I'm going to miss That's it. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we usually post up the recordings. Sweet. Nice. All right. Yeah. Good, because I see you got Izzy's got a talk coming up too on uh, touring in the Tetons. Oh yeah. She's going to be on that one as well. So it's pretty wicked. That I love how you love guys it. on that Slay at Home series. You got a mix of uh, yeah. of basically. Okay, I'm going to be a little selfish here. I mean, you got a you got a mix of our our listening audience, man. I mean, you know, the West Coast, both on both sides of the 49th. You got it covered, yeah. right? Like, I'm loving that. You got Revelstoke. You're talking about Colorado, Wyoming, the Sierra, the White Mountains. The White Mountains? What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Secrets of the Ice Coast. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> it is, man. It is. blown up out there. I, uh, you know, yeah. it's funny because, you know, like, like we talked offline before, you know, the New Jersey area, and I've spent some time in the Whites. And, you know, up there in uh, New Hampshire, you know, and uh, I never did the Tuckerman's Ravine thing, though. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 was, I wasn't either. I didn't really get super into backcountry until after I moved back to Colorado. But right, right. At least about nearing portion of it. You know, right. So, yeah. 
Pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. So Loved where can it. people find yeah, well, you? What are some of the things that you recommend them? Or do you want nobody to find you? Well, we know that already. <laughs> no, no, he likes, he's communal. He likes, you're, you're, a com- yeah. yeah, you're, all, you're sh- all about the sharing. That's, a, that's yeah. right. You, know, you can, you can follow me on Instagram, even though I've never posted anything ever. Well, they can find, <laughs> Where they do can, we find you on Instagram? Weston, Weston, right? The Weston stuff. I think it's Rio Leo One, R I O L E O O N E. Rio Leo B-O-A One. Alias. Oh, yeah. okay. O-N-E, like one. Yeah. All right, cool. And yeah. then you guys have got Weston.com or Weston Backcountry and then Weston yep. Snowboards. You got two Instagrams? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, uh, yeah, but, you know, on on face, on the books. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or just, yeah, reach out. Nice. Say yeah. what's up. And I got, like Darren said, Weston.com or WestonBackcountry.com is a great resource for a lot of different everything like you guys have got a nice community going there as well which is great yeah 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 we got a yeah that's you know that's our that's uh that's the new communities but hopefully you, you know i try to get out to as many events as possible we got front range split fest uh coming up it's probably going to be mostly digital but we're yeah. trying to figure out a way that we can try to get some sort of old timer you know back in the day when we used to hang out with each other uh, <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> what i don't remember those days <laughs> it's only yeah. 10 months ago folks come on <laughs> it's gonna come so, back yeah we'll, we'll be back it'll all be back to normal hey time. yeah leo you have zero posts on your instagram buddy <laughs> <laughs> zero and you still have 500 followers <laughs> people want you to post stuff man Apparently, I just got to figure that part out. So. <laughs> Get on it, Leo. Get on it. <laughs> now with your new pro standard grill mount, you've got no excuses. That's right. That's right. <laughs> just keep it in your po- your upper pocket of your jacket so it's easily accessible and you just pop it in your mouth and go. Boom. <laughs> Dude, it's been a blast. Right. Really enjoyed talking s- to you. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for coming yeah. on, man. It was a blast. I appreciate it. It was great chatting again. Looking to thank many more. Thank you, guys. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Pray man. for pow. All right. Pray for pow. <laughs> Peace, Leo. Take care, Leo. All right. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening, and a special thanks to Leo for taking the time to talk with us. Remember, you can always learn more about Leo in the show notes. If you're loving the show, follow us on Instagram at darkstarts.podcast and share it with all your backcountry friends. Next week, we'll be chatting with Kellyanne Duplant a splitboarder and avalanche safety instructor from Whistler, BC. Until then, check out our past episode with Dean Whitehead of the Splitboard Shop out of Utah and learn more about all the different brands of backcountry gear that they have to offer. Shout out to our show sponsor, Tahoe Lab Snowboards. They are riders who make rad split and solid boards for riders. Log on to www.taholab.com and use the promo code DS15 at checkout and get 15% off your next Quiver Killer. And if you're looking for new gear, check out our friends at s3boardshop.ca. They have a great selection of all you'll need for getting out into the backcountry. Be sure to use the code DS15 and get a 15% discount on all online purchases. We'd love to give a special thanks to Monica and Pat for helping to make all of this happen. Stay safe out there, everybody. Peace.